Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Cadaver Lab podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Sam. And I uh, just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. By the time you hear this, you already ate uh, tons of shit, you gluttons. <laughs> <laughs> Some people will even eat, will go and eat ham. What? Yeah, that's what I said. I don't know. I was talking to this guy. He's like, yeah, we have ham because I hate turkey. I'm like, you're a dumbass. I hate turkey. I don't know. Listen, that's just something I, I don't understand, and that's something that I'll never come to grips with. And I will never see it from your angle, okay? No, me neither. Just teasing. I don't care if they eat ham. So I do. Why? There's something wrong with that. Ham is delicious. Ham is for like Easter stuff, not Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving <laughs> is turkey. <laughs> so Okay, so what do you have for Christmas? Uh, shrimp. <laughs> we do a my my uh my mom and dad do a shrimp fry shut up yeah every my dad used to fly to south carolina and get it because he was from south carolina yeah. he'd go every year and he'd catch it and then bring it home and eat it <laughs> now he doesn't want to fly to south carolina so he just goes and gets it at sam's club oh really but he had like this giant shrimp fry for uh, christmas dinner dude i've gotta i've gotta be honest with you i mm-hmm. thought you were gonna move that into a dick joke somehow i thought you gotta work dude. that in there I think I said on the cadaver on the cadaver tracks that I, I went through sexual harassment training, <laughs> and I'm not making any jokes about phalluses in any or labium. Labia, whoa, 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 sorry, what? labia what? in what? any. It's <laughs> a new word in any form of or anything. Not ex- oh, that's great because I, right. I, I I was gonna have to go and report you to I know. The, the cadaver lab human resource department. <laughs> uh speaking of uh cadaver tracks we already we, we tamra just barely came out well like a week ago i've watched it already like three times gosh dang it i have not watched it yet i'm such an oh it is so funny dude the, i, I can't wait you know what i'll be honest with you there is there is really no other reason to watch tamra as many times as i've watched it in the last couple of weeks except for cadaver tracks <laughs> so it's like that's anyway. exciting. We already did our Zombie 2. Yep. And uh, the next film is going to be Dust Till Dawn, um, and uh, that will be due on uh, December 19th. And for those of you who haven't, who, who maybe this is your first time, you know, we get a lot of like new listeners, it seems like. We do? Yeah. I mean, it's Let weird. me just apologize to those <laughs> new listeners right well, now. Well, you know what the funny thing <laughs> is, is some of them go back and listen to some of our older ones, and I'm just like, oh, shit. Yeah, right. You know, I just kind of wish that maybe people would... Not listen to the old stuff yeah. where we said all of that dirty stuff because we're going to change. It's clean. We're. I, I don't want to have to put the explicit thing on it anymore. I know. We are going to be as clean as a douched vagina right now, today. <laughs> how is it that in explaining how clean you are, we are going to be, you are so dirty? Because that's the cleanest thing that I could think of. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine anything else cleaner than? Something that has like all sorts of vinegar and sh- and stuff wiping it off. There is nothing more clean than that, uh, except for basically anything in the world that doesn't sit between two sweaty legs. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Wow. Okay, okay. So wow. get back on track. Uh, man. All right. So okay, cadaver tracks. Everybody, uh, for those of you who who haven't who who don't know what we're talking about, basically, it's the same idea as riff tracks. We want everybody to go out there and watch the film. Uh, you know, for instance, coming up uh, on December nineteenth. Before that, watch Dust Till Dawn. Record yourself, record your commentary, and then email it to uh, Ferguson at kidaverlab dot com. Um, if it, if it gets too big and you can't just email it, you can use things like SendSpace, anything like that. If you need any help with that, go ahead and give me an email at mike at kidaverlab dot com. 
um, and, and we can definitely help. Oh, I'll definitely help you out. I think the more people, the funnier it gets. I think is what happens is Ferguson, you know, gets uh, more jokes to pull yeah. from. Right. You know, and I noticed that some of what I thought were expert jokes didn't get shown up on. on well. I'm, you know, I'm just teasing. I no, but I was being funny because I don't come up with expert jokes. That's the joke. Well, but yeah, well, I mean, we, I don't know how many times we said uh, "get on it," and like there was some other stuff that me, both of us were repeating over and over. That I guarantee you only be in there like once, but we wanted to make sure it got in there. But he can pull from like the cream of the cream. Like the the best stuff and throw it in there, so we're just laughing all the way through it. By the way, we never said get on it. We said get on it. Oh, oh yeah, my yes, bad. Okay. Then you point down to your. Yeah, that didn't. I probably won't translate <laughs> to cadaver tracks. I just did it again when I said it that time. I did like the DX yep. or whatever that yep. is. <laughs> anyway, so that was a good segue. By the way, thank you. Something that maybe we need to work on a little bit better, but uh, we're not professionals, people. No, we we we, are we not. never proclaim to be. Professional radio guys are dick- dickheads anyway. So yeah, that's like, what you were telling me. I didn't know that, but now that you say it, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I, I can't listen. To, it's, it's, it's funny because I can't listen to like radio morning shows. Maybe it's just because I'm so grumpy in the morning and those guys are just, I don't know, try to be too funny. And Well, they try and be funny on terrestrial radio, which has limits. They can't say douche that's, vagina. That's and true. And they can't compare things to phalluses and what? all sorts, all I sorts didn't, of other what, things. What's this new term, terrestrial Terrestrial radio. That's because you have satellite radio. Oh, so that's what you really call it. Yeah. That's oh, what the a, ter- name a terrestrial is. because it's land based. Yeah. Oh, I learned something today from oh, Sam. Oh, I thought everybody knew that. I, I just called it regular radio. Yeah. No, it's terrestrial. It's hard. It's harder to say than regular radio. <laughs> but for some reason, that's the official terminology. Telesticles radio. <laughs> something like that. All right. Oh, no, that's cool. Um, so, uh, did you? Uh, I, I wanted to mention one movie that I saw this week. And have you seen it in Glorious Bastards? No, I've not seen that. I heard it was boring. Really? I heard that. I heard it was freaking awesome. Uh-huh. And I just want to, and here's it. I've heard from like a ton of people how awesome it is. Uh-huh. And I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was boring. I thought it was okay. I'm actually quite kind of intrigued, and I know I, I usually don't do this for any movie, but I'm kind of intrigued at uh, how people feel about this because I feel like it could go either way. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to go check it out now after I watch Tamara with the cadaver tracks. Over and over and yeah. over. Yeah. Anyways, I watched uh, Boondock Saints on your recommendation. Oh, on uh, uh, Miss Murder's recommendation. Yeah, yeah. You you made sure to tell me that, so I went right home and uh, and uh, watched it from Netflix. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty sweet. It was on uh, on demand on Netflix. Sweet action. Yep. See, we talked about two non horror movies, but that that's why we, I wanted to go over it real that's quick. Right. I'm wearing I'm wearing the <laughs> Cadaver Lab T-shirt, and actually, we got I got a couple of uh, samples, and um, that's that looks awesome. Oh uh, yeah, Steve Wands did the awesome uh, design for it. I think I think that this uh, the company that I'm that I'm looking at is going to be the one we go with. I mean, these are great, mm-hmm. and they're they're a lot cheaper than uh, what, what's that one place? Uh, the one place that we have now. Dang it. I think it Cafe was, Press. Uh, I was going to say jack it up your ass price. Line, yeah. So. No, and, and that's basically what it is. But what I have to do is I still have to get online and make it available to you guys. But uh, no, you got next one of those laying around for me. Uh, I actually wore it, so it's in the it's in the wash. <laughs> Plus, my pit stains have already started on it. So. I'll buy me one. <laughs> yeah, you may want to <laughs> yeah. buy you one. They look sweet though. That's you, definitely you know what's funny is they actually sent me one, uh-huh. and the lady in the the male a male lady lost it. So I went to them. I emailed them back and said, "Hey, listen, uh, do you have any insurance or anything?" And they're like, "No." 
but we'll send you another one because I found out that because uh, I told them we may I, I wanted to get it to check out the quality to see if that's what we wanted to use. For Dude, I use that trick. All and, the time. It, and they sent me another one, and all of a sudden the mail lady found it. So I use like, that trick like I order Xanax, and I always lose <laughs> on purpose, and then I sell it like online. Nice. Yeah. That, that dude, trick is awesome. Dude, I bought some from you probably then. Oh, I bet you did. Wow, you're a dick. <laughs> Charge, you should be giving me that shit. You should be charging me for it. Come on, dude. I can't, I make $25 a pill on Lortab. Are you serious? No. I, I was going to say, well, no, because I was going to say. can. I, is Absolutely, that, you because can. I have a shitload of lore tab. You do because my uh, what was it uh, kidney stones? I didn't. Oh, I didn't yeah. eat any. I didn't. Yeah, eat you any can sell them. that stuff for like if you found the right person. I don't know where they're at. There was a lady that I used to when I worked. Uh, I did wholesale distribution, like packaging stuff. Uh-huh. I sold it, and I <clears throat> I called on this lady, and uh, she. I'd take her to lunch every once in a while because she bought all of my boxes and stuff like that, and she said that she knew somebody. I think it was her sister-in-law or something would buy those from you for like $25 a pill. Dude, I would have like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Ka-ching! I know. Yeah. There's people that are addicted to that stuff. Or man. I could get really high one day. That's not worth a thousand still, bucks. That still makes you feel weird. <laughs> no, honestly, I didn't take one, one of them. And I, it was okay. Really? All right, let's hold, gonna, on, hold on a second because this is my favorite. Like when I have a few days off, I purposely go out and look for ways to throw my back out so that I can go to the, <laughs> the doctor and say, "Hey, I need a muscle relaxer. I need something to help me sleep, and then I need an anti-inflammatory and make it so that I can take it as a cocktail and I can take it, all that shit at the same time." Now, <laughs> listen, I don't want to get addicted to anything. Uh, so, how strong is this stuff? And uh, he he gives me the strongest stuff ever. I, I try and do that a couple times a year. Just so you have it on reserve? Oh, yeah. No, not to, no. So that I, I don't have to go to work for a few days, so now I can just go and take that shit for like three days straight. <laughs> You're bad, man. Uh, let's see what we've got today. Oh, uh, so do you want to do What's My Mike Thinking Contest? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, did you, I, I was trying to catch you in a, in a line. I have not, I have I not put it up yet. you forgot to put it up there. I haven't put it up yet. So we got, let's, ne- let's, let's wait. So, because I want people. Duh! Oh, okay. No, you can't. We, what are we gonna put it up now and hope somebody posts real quick? On well, the but it usually takes you a couple of days to edit it, so I can already put it up, and then as soon as it comes out, then I take it down. But let's wait because <laughs> no. I'm I'm almost through another movie, and so I because I have two that I want to do, and then I have. Well, a that's third okay. One. I just wanted to bust your chops a little bit, but listen, you should bust I, my chops. I came up with a, a contest today. I was I, about. Is it the one you sent? Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. So, okay, you know how we're a couple of lazy asses. Okay, well, if you didn't know that, we are. We Welcome made, to the show. Yeah, we made a couple of uh, promos a long time ago, and we are still uh, rotating those. And it's kind of getting embarrassing because, uh, for instance, I was listening to the Zombie Girls podcast, and they uh, played our – it's weird to hear my voice on a different podcast. Anyway, yeah. but uh, so they played it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that thing's like a year old. So here's what we're going to do. We want – to make a contest, and we're going to kind of work it out together because we only have mm-hmm. the idea. Mm-hmm. We'll make a contest where um, we call on you guys to make a 30-second spot for Cadaver Lab. Now, here's the deal. we will If, if you have any requests for us to, to say lines or anything like that, send us the lines in an email at Mike at Cadaver Lab or Sam at Cadaver Lab, and uh, we'll record it, and, well, you know, but probably not together, just uh, unless, yeah. unless we meet for lunch and you bring your recorder or something like okay. that. Because rarely are, are we together at each other's houses right. or anything like that. Only We only have sleepovers on the weekends. <laughs> right. Um, I was, uh, you know what, I'm not going to say a cock joke because uh, we're not, doing, we're, that we're not doing that That's anymore. Right. That's right. Anyway, so uh, 
send in what you want us to say. If you have any other kind of requests, just email us. Uh, but basically, what we want to do is we want to get you know a handful or more of uh, uh, promos that we could send out to people. Um, and l- what should we do? What, what should be the price? Uh, what we should do is, is put them all up and then vote for the winner. Yeah. How does that sound? Yep. Um, and, and then you know what we could do too, because me and you, we've been buying movies and we have stuff. Yeah, we'll give we'll give you a movie, but what maybe we ought to do is like let people pick what they want instead of us just sending it out from the list that, that we have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. No, no I'm fine. I'm completely fine with that. I just I feel bad like I arbitrarily just sent out movies to people in the price packs. Who knows if they had them or if they even had interest in them? Well, at least you didn't like wipe your ass with it and then send it, it out. Just or say something. I didn't. <laughs> I enjoy Ooh. that kind of stuff. <laughs> you are a sick bastard. Yeah, because you don't know. That's you never should mess around opening up an envelope the wrong way because you never know what people use to to wet that stuff down. That's really gross. <laughs> so how? So when should we stop the? Um, by the end of the year. By the end of the year sounds good to me. So you basically have a month and some mm-hmm. to uh, get us. It doesn't have to be exactly thirty seconds, but you know, make it kind of short. Something that maybe other people will uh, play on their shows. And, and whatever you do, I mean, you guys all know the flavor of the show. Please do not do anything offensive. <laughs> exactly. We, I we, mean, let's keep it highbrow. Listen, we seriously. don't want anybody getting the wrong idea about us. You know, there That's were right. there were two incidences that we keep bringing up, but I won't I won't mention That's right. them. That's right. That, you know that we just don't we don't want people to go back and listen to. So we want to, you know we we want people to understand what we're about. And uh, anyway, enough of that shit. <laughs> um, we've got tons of CDs, tons of DVDs. We actually had. Um, a couple of T-shirts sent in by um, Mad Saxon on the forums. I guess he used to run an eBay mm-hmm. business, and uh, he had a couple of uh, uh, Miskatonic T-shirts that um, that he didn't uh, wasn't able to sell, and then eBay pr- uh, charges got too high. So he said, "Hey, why don't you take these and uh, give them out on the show?" And I'm like, "Okay, sweet action." Did we reciprocate at all? What do you mean? We should do something for that guy. Oh, you just said the name of his company. That's good. What? I don't know. No, I didn't. He was on eBay. Oh, he was selling oh. stuff on eBay. Just cut that shit out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. But anyway, so he sent a couple of T-shirts, and you know we have all sorts of stuff. But um, maybe we'll put together a, a price package, or I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get more details. But anyways, get the get the creative juices flowing, and uh, by the by the beginning of the year, uh, we'll have everything up there in a, in a place to uh, vote for it up on yep. uh, our website. Anyway, let's see what else we have. Oh, uh, one thing, one bit of news that we have um, is that uh, we now have an archive page on the website. Basically, we only ha- we have a finite uh, amount of space on our server that actually hosts up the uh, uh, the feed that everybody is uh, hopefully subscribed to, and uh, we just ran out of space. So basically, what we did, what I did, is I took down five episodes from there. And uh, I linked up to them, stuck them on a different server, and linked up to them on the archive page on cadaverlab.com. If you go to cadaverlab.com, you'll see on the left-hand side a bunch of links. Uh, there it says archive. You can go get those uh, first five episodes there. And as we continue to put out shows, we will continue to archive, some, you, know, you know, basically just so we can keep the same amount of, of space up on our main server. I, th- I think that I, I got a couple of emails uh, that I wanted just to quickly mention, but... Um, uh, I think that's all the real news I've got for you. Do you have anything? You know, <clears throat> I wanted to say one thing. I, <laughs> I went. I, I was on a trip, and so I was looking for some stuff to do, and uh, and I went looking for 19 Nocturne Boulevard with Julie. Yeah. And I went and listened to. Oh, you know, she's gonna kill me because I can't remember what the name of the episode was that I listened to. What was it about? Oh, it's uh, it's like frocking with the devil or something like that. That sounds frumping, erotic. Frumping with the devil. 
Oh crap! I, I crumping. It's crumping with the devil. That's what it was. Crumping's a word. Yeah. Anyways, I listen to this. It's like a half an hour long, and I was really impressed with how she does these voices. And it's not just her. She gets, like, all these different people to come in, and it's, like, a really well-written story. I think she writes some of that stuff, too, on yeah. her own. And then uh, there's the sound effects and stuff. I, I thought it was really good. And I give her a bunch of shit on the show. Well, it's, it's out of love you give her well, shit. Well, and that's what I told her. I'm like, listen, I know you can take it, and I laugh at myself just like you can laugh at yourself because, you know, that's just what we do. But... You know, I thought her stuff was good. I think people should go out there and check that out. She has a lot of different episodes. It's not just horror, but it's a lot of dramatic readings, and it's high-quality stuff. So kudos to you, Julie. Yeah. yeah. You actually got Sam to listen and not get all embarrassed because you're being dramatic. That's right. And I was worried about that, but I'm like, I'm going to check this out, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Sweet. Way to open your mind. Yep. Thank you. Uh, let's go over a couple of quick emails. Uh, we do have one correction. A guy named Alex correct, uh, emailed and corrected you. Corrected me? You. You, on the last episode, you said that uh, Troll 2 was the first PG-13 movie, or no, no, sorry, Troll was the first PG-13 movie ever made. Oh, really? Now, let me... I was wrong? Yes. I, I tend to think that whatever comes out of Alex's keyboard next, he, he is wrong. You know what's I'm funny? I'm just kidding. No, no, listen. <laughs> let, let me explain. All right. He says, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was the first PG-13 rated film. The rating was invented for that film because Spielberg and Lucas refused to accept an R and campaigned for a new category. That's what he said. Now, I went and did a little bit of research on this because uh-huh. I didn't want to, you know, I, I just I just wanted to make sure that yeah. I wasn't we weren't going to get this wrong two times in a row in two right. episodes in a row. Right. I went to Wikipedia and he ba- and basically I read I'm just going to read the thing. In 1984, explicit violence and gore in the PG rated films Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Gremlins caused an uproar among parents over their PG rating. Their complaints led Hollywood figure Steven Spielberg, director of The Temple of Doom and producer of Gremlins, to suggest a new rating to MPAA President Jack Valenti. Spielberg's suggestion was for the intermediate rating of PG-13 or PG-14. On conferring with cinema owners, Valenti and the MPAA on July 1st, 1984 introduced the PG-13 rating, indicating that some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. However... It goes on to say the first film distri- distributed with the PG-13 rating was Red Dawn in uh-huh. 1984. Uh-huh. Um, although The Flamingo Kid in 1984 was the first film to be so rated. So there you cool, go. man. Listen, there, there, it's, still, uh, it's still kind of a controversy between you and Alex. By the way, Alex runs a kind of a horror and, uh, you know, not all horror, but, but a lot of horror hit a blog on bleedforit.blogspot.com. Go check hmm. that out. And, uh, but also, he was he was more right than I was because it was that movie that spawned the talk of PG thirteen. So I will go. I'm ahead. not. I'm not trying to bust him. No, I know. I'm just, <laughs> but I am because I was like, hey, he's going to be wrong. But I was just joking around. I just wanted to, that. That's somebody who you knows mean more you were talking out do, of your ass, pretty much. Wow. Yeah, that never happened. Unbelievable. I know. I know. But nice work. And for this episode, episode's music, I found a lot. You know what I said? I said, you know what? Maybe what we should do is unless there's like a sweet action new album, like when the Allison Chains album came out, or the new Megadeth album came mm-hmm. out that we highlight, we should try to make the, the, the music a little more topical. So what I went out and did is tried to find a bunch of songs about werewolves. And I found that there are like a million. Really? Yeah, there are a shitload. Wow. And actually there are, um, there are quite a few that, uh, that I have and actually have are been you doing, listening to recently. Do you have, did you get the Warren Zebon? Movie. You know what? I want I want you to music. read. I want you to read what's right there in um, in bold on my notes. 
No War on Zevon. I nice. hate that song. That's so do I. So I I'm glad you didn't put that on there. Hate that song. Okay, good. Amer- what was it? Werewolf in London. Woo! Werewolves in London. You know what? That's on one of my kids' kids' bop records or oh, CDs, brother. and it's it's even worse. But oh, I don't know how brother. it could possibly get worse. But it is. Anyway, so um, I'm gonna. Li- here's what I'm gonna do. All right. So the music for this episode is a band called Left for Dead off the album It Begins. Beware of the Moon. Uh, that is from Dr. Cyclops Records. Basically, you can go to drcyclops.com and uh, go pick that one up if you want. Uh, that's uh, the guys from Die Monster Die's label, and uh, we definitely want to support those guys. Uh, the Dead Next Door, off an album called There's No Business Like Horror Business. A song is called Ginger Snaps, and that's off Dr. Cyclops uh, Records. Typo Negative, of course. October Rust, Wolf Moon, and The Browns. This is Jeff crazy's band from uh, it came from the basement uh off their greatest it's volume one an american werewolf in calgary just hmm. wanted to make sure that i mentioned all of the songs his typical sometimes we'll just forget to mention or i'll just throw them in at the last minute so I didn't, we never even mention them <laughs> Love works in 
this is Johnny the Monkey calling from Cleveland. Hey, I wanted to say just listen to the uh, most recent show, the Friday the 13th. Loved it, man. You guys are awesome. Uh, one complaint, you guys didn't give enough props to uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. That's got to be the best movie. And um, But I'll, I'll agree that uh, Seven wasn't the best one. Um, although I did expect when they killed the doctor that somebody was going to come out with a boombox and bring him back to life and he'd start dancing to the Caribbean and find some buried treasure. Uh, in case you don't know, the doctor in number seven was Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, anyway, I was just calling to say love the show. And if you guys are wondering if you made it, um, Google autocompletes Cadaver Lab Horror Podcast when you type C-A-D-A in the search. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I wanted to keep this short because I don't want to waste your time with any nonsense. But I was uh, looking up Sam online and I didn't know this, but um, there's a little-known fact about our friend, your friend, that he once had a recording contract, and he, I found, happened to stumble across on YouTube a duet that he performed a number of years ago with a Mr. John Denver. I will play a piece of it for you. Sorry about the grittiness. It's my phone being held up to a computer speaker. Sorry, Sam, I did love the song, but I can only listen to it so many times. Anyway, uh, I just want to say you guys are both awesome. Love the show. Listen to it every week. I'm just finally getting caught up now. Um, I actually renewed my Netflix because of you guys, because you keep naming movies that I really feel like, as a horror fan, I should see. So I check them all out. Um, like I said, I'm going to keep this short, so I'll let you go so you can get to your other voicemails and all your other stuff you got to do. But uh, keep on keeping on, and I will catch you later. Hey, guys, Johnny the Monkey again. Uh, one thing I left out, Sam, Cleveland does not look like hell, okay? If you lived in Cleveland and hell, I would rent out Cleveland and live in hell. Dude, I've got to be honest with you. I will agree with you about uh, living in hell, but only because freaking Brady Quinn is now the core. <laughs> I freaking hate that guy. You, you ever don't s- like him? No, you ever seen that asshole on the EAS Myoplex commercial? Now I'm done. Oh, yeah. I'm a dumbass, and now Wait, I'm is done. That, oh, is that Brady Quinn that does that? Yeah. Oh, okay, because I know Hasselback's on there, too. Well, Hasselback's not half the douchebag that Quinn is, anyways. Plus, I think he's talking about his career in the NFL. Now I'm done. <laughs> now I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! By the way, thank, I cannot believe you. Dre- Sam has been I'm trying to hide that. I'm embarrassed. He has that been came trying up. to hide that he, his illustrious career in singing and uh, John Denver. He was actually on the plane uh, when John Denver went down. That's horrible. No, I, you know what? I was just, I was just gonna, I was trying to set you up there. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, apparently, I just shocked you. Yeah. <laughs>
I don't even know what to say about that. I cried about that for a week. You and me both, brother. Yeah. By the way, props to Google. Thanks for mentioning that. Hey, that's pretty cool, man. That's hilarious. I didn't know that's how you knew you've arrived. No. That's, that's, I didn't know that. That's Do you awesome. want to know how I know I, I got, I've arrived? How? Uh, because I get a boner every time I, uh, turn, every time I hear my, my voice on, uh, other people's podcasts through my, uh, through our promo. Really? All of a sudden, boing, boing, boing. <laughs> I've arrived, baby. <laughs> Woo! Get on it! <laughs> no, I'm just teasing, man. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the call, man. That's cool. It's, yeah, that was great. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, we always love hearing from, uh, uh, all our voicemails, especially people who actually, uh, you know, uh, like us. Yeah. <laughs> I was interested to hear, though, that you really like Jason uh, Takes Manhattan. You know what? That's funny because most people, we got a ton of emails about how people, well, I, I, don't, I don't know if, if I even forward any of them to you, but, but uh, we got a lot of people telling us how, how big a dicks we were because we didn't like number seven enough. Really? Like, a lot of people. A lot of people. It, it's so funny because, um, and I'm not talking just emails. I'm talking like Twitter and Facebook and things like that. But a lot of people really like number seven, and we like, we kind of got uh, got our balls kicked in for that one a little bit. But all in good fun. Hmm. I don't like get my I don't mind get my balls kicked every once in a while. It feels good. <laughs> Only if your mom does it. Oh, well, Mike and Sam, guess who this would be? Well, this would be Metal Mikey. Oh, and I got a lot to cover, so let's get on with it already. So first off, I want to officially go on record. By thanking Mr. Gray for his lovely Deb Foreman story. And by the way, Sam, I have two points about that story, which you brought up. One, did I possibly, uh, you know, milk things while uh, watching Deb Foreman in certain films? Well, that's just up to you to guess now, isn't it? Of course, that's probably hinging more towards the positive, but anyways... And technically, if you want to count Mr. Gray on that factor, then you could technically count me as a degree of Bruce Campbell. Because, hey, I actually met him during a local Grand Rapids showing of Man with a Screaming Brain. So, indirectly, you know, hey, I am a degree of Bruce Campbell. And, by the way, speaking of Grand Rapids, which is in West Michigan, uh to assure my fellow Cadaver Lab listeners, you know, don't be afraid to come by and visit in case, you know, Richard's startling confession kind of scared you off. We really are quite a lovely town, albeit one in a shithole because of crap-ass economy, but still a lovely town. So, hey, stop on by. You'll get to meet me around here somewhere. I don't know. Now... As for your movie comments, uh, I pretty much agree with them roundabout. I will kind of disagree that you rated Halloween 3 just a hair bit low. I mean, I actually just first saw it this year, and it was really surprising how much I enjoyed it. I was kind of thinking, well, Metal Mikey, round two, because your voicemail's a bitch, and it kicked me off. Hunger! Yeah. Anyways, continue on with my thoughts about Halloween 3. I initially went into it thinking, yeah, this is not going to be a Michael Myers part, so I don't know. But, you know, I actually just watching it first time this year, it was really enjoyable. I mean, just like you said, Mike, the story had like this great kitschy 80s horror vibe. And come on, Tom Atkins, he's the man. I can't wait to meet him this coming weekend in Cincinnati. 
Oh, yeah. By the way, the little thing called Horror Hound Weekend in Cincinnati, which I'm sure if I looked hard enough, I could find Kev Foray to tell them, guess what? You two didn't make it again. And he's going to have to go out and kill you, too. I feel bad for you. But I also, to lighten the mood again, I will say this to Sam. His perceptions of James Lee Curtis is apropos and exact. Honestly, you know, say what you will about Rob Zombie's Halloween, you know. You can say it's a piece of shit. You can say it's enjoyable. I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head right now, but the one they recast is Lori Strode in it. Hot! And definitely a woman. So, there you go. Anyways, those are my thoughts. You both take it easy. That being you, Sam, and you, Mike. And everybody else that's a loyal fan of the Cadaver Lab podcast, you all take it easy. And I will talk to you again later. All right, take care. Bye. Yo, Mike and Sam. This is Metal Mikey calling in. This is my first ever partially drunk slash stupid o'clock call. And where am I calling from? I think I might just actually be calling from Cincinnati. You know, there's like a little thing going on here. It's called Horhon Weekend. Which, you know, some people, they just didn't make it. But you know what? That's okay. I'm not going to rag on you about it like our dear Flopo. No, no, I'm taking the high road. I am taking the high and cultured road. And you know what? You know what this place needs? It needs a little bit of Mike and Sam seasoning, some Mike and Sam spice, some Mike and Sam funk, maybe? I don't know. Uh, okay, maybe I did actually take it in a slight po direction, but hey, what the fuck can you do? So, yeah, that's what I needed to say. I'll probably talk to you again sometime soon. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> take it easy. Later, but I'll talk to you later. Be cool, bitches. Yeah, I still that from Steven. What can you do? Bye. By the way, Mikey, we, we played all three of your voicemails right in a row, but I just wanted to wanted to go over a couple things. First of all, I think that uh, you would say the same thing about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, even if she did have a dick, about how hot she is and stuff. So you don't need to lie. That's okay. <laughs> That is not a big deal. There, there was well, just so much he, to say. I wonder if he milked his phallus to. to By the way, her, that is one of the most it. disgusting synonyms yeah. for whacking it that I have ever heard in my Dude. life. Milking it. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't like the fact that uh, I think of food. Oh, so I, apparently Sam didn't think of food. I didn't think and, of food. Well, come on, milk. Anyway, uh, you know what's funny is the first half of the his first email. I had no idea what he was talking about because he was calling about two episodes ago. Yeah, and that's that's like forever ago for us, man. I know that's a month. We're just glad that uh, people listen. You know, would comment about that stuff. Anyway, thanks for the call, Mikey. You know what, Horrorhound today. I was talking with JFMP on Twitter today, and he's thinking Stephen's thinking about he's going to make it to the Horrorhound in Indianapolis. Oh, really? So, and we were thinking about. Uh, I just mentioned, well, if he's going, we can get some of the other guys to show up. When is that one? It may be the douche summoning. When is that one? That was the one in March. Oh, in cool. March. Oh, good. That's the one we were that yeah. we, we were going to go to that or Texas Frightmare. Okay. That may have just made up our mind if That's that ends good. up happening. Yeah, that would be good. But uh, anyway, so yeah, we'll probably be there in Indianapolis. Uh, I hope the lineup's good because I'll tell you what, the celebrity lineup for the Texas Frightmare, is, at least as it stands right now for next year, is freaking awesome. Hmm. I can't really think of uh, uh, I think I heard that John Carpenter's going to be there even, and John Carpenter never does this wow. type of stuff. But anyway, so uh, that that's the... Um, 
That's that's where it sits right now. Of course, we still have a long long time before we have to start working about uh, looking at that. And by the way, yeah, that's gross milk. I, I can't get over it. Wow. All right, I'm calling. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mr. Horror from the forums. Um, now, I'm only calling because I just have a little complaint. I went to my mailbox today. I saw a package. And there's in a little a yellow case, you know, some shit like that. And I saw it on the front. It said from Mike from Utah. Now, I was thinking to myself, well, I don't really know anybody from Utah, so this can't be from me. So, brought it back to my house. I opened it anyway. Fuck it, right? I opened it. I saw it was a Die Monster Die CD. I was ecstatic. Um, I don't know who the hell this guy from Utah is, but whatever, okay? But this freaking douchebag had to ride all over my CD. I'm like, dude, you serious? I tried to wipe it off, and actually some of it came off. Then it clicked. It's Mike from Cadaver Lab. What the fuck? And now I just wiped off signatures from the Die Monster Die band members. Really? I'm an idiot. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm I'm just kidding. No, don't believe me. I did not do that at all. Uh, that'd be actually pretty fucking stupid of me to do that. Um, Mike, Mike, I huh, I'm just calling a thank you and an interesting fact. Just real quick, this is my first time calling. Since April, your Basket Case trilogy episode. I checked on my iPod. That's the last time I heard my voice on your show. So, yeah, this is, it, it's kind of, well, not awkward, but it, it's a little bit weird um, for me to hear my voice on your show once again. Anyway, I, Mike, I really appreciate it. Sam, you're sort of a douche for not sending me anything. Maybe you could have sent me some candy from your Halloween. I, I don't know. But, uh, no, I'm just playing with Sam. You know, I'm only kidding around. Anyway, Mr. Horror, signing out. Okay, well, I don't know. You know what? I'm gone. Peace out, bitches. Hey, thanks for calling in. I, uh, <laughs> I was believing that for a second that you were rubbing the stuff off of this, the, the CD. And, oh, and, and you made Sam laugh <laughs> with your funny jokes. <laughs> I laugh easy, though. I'm, I'm easy that way. Dude. I'm a laugh whore. <laughs> you know what? You are a whore in I more am. ways than just laugh whore. Well, in what other ways that are you talking about? Never mind. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you know what? I had like three things pop I in my you mind. You loved me, anyways. But uh, speaking of die monster die, man, I'm glad you. I'm glad you like the CD. We've got we've got some more CDs to send out uh, as prizes, things like that. You guys, I cannot stress enough on how cool these guys are. Go to horrorpunks.com. And check out some of their music. Uh, they're actually the official band as it stands right now of the Salty Horror Film Festival. You know what? One thing about doing the podcast is you know one cool thing is just the the fact that uh, you know that I've got to met uh, sorry got to meet people like like Die Monster Die and the guys from the Salty Horror Film Festival. You mm-hmm. know what? You guys have you guys have to check them out. I mean, they're, in, in the more I get into it, and the more I've been listening to a lot of the stuff off uh, Doctor Cyclops Records. The more I realize that there's a lot of just good shit out there that you that I I would never have heard normally. 
and if I'm going to do any research, it's going to be about metal, you know, and not a lot of the horror, uh, punk or anything like that. But thankfully, I've, I've been introduced to it, and, and it's been re- very recently. I mean, let's put it this way: since since um, before we got into the podcast, two things that I'm pretty into now. I had never really been into or had any desire to get into the first one being comic books. And, uh, you know, since Sean kind of got me into those, and by the way, we're going to have uh, a lot of copies of that short stack five. I'm going to get some and we're going to have Sean sign it and we're going to start giving those out too. I've just been so busy. We're going to have to get the details out on that a little bit later, but uh, that, and then this horror punk stuff and like the, the psycho Billy and stuff like that. You know what? It's, it's great. It's, it's been a lot of fun, but glad you appreciated it. Um, and, uh, if anybody else wants one, I've, uh, you know, uh, maybe we should just have a bunch of contests or maybe if, you, if, you, if somebody really, really wants one, let me know and uh, I could, I can get one to you. Anyways, thanks for the call, man. You should call more than every six months. But. Hey guys, Gracie's Poppy. How's it hanging? Uh, thanks for getting back to the Friday the 13th retrospectives. Uh, by my count, there should still be one Friday, uh, one more nightmare on Elm Street and the crossover to get to. Uh, if you can get in and say like under three months of time, Jesus. <sighs> really, thanks for getting to back to it because, you know, I was barreling my way through the movies again uh, until I got to the Jason kind of takes a Manhattan movie and I just couldn't do anywhere. It was too damn ridiculous. But Mike, you know, you are right. Both my daughter and I did like that boxer's head bouncing into the dumpster scene. That was kind of cool. Um, but after your view of the, uh, Jason goes to hell episode. You know, it sounded you know I sounded cool. So I guess I'll I'll try it again. I'll give it a shot. And you're right, Reverend Snow definitely gets the kick to the balls. But I give it to him twice just because his acting was so freaking horrible. It was over the top. I, I you know, whatever. Sam, dude, I was going to waste you for forgetting the uh, what Mike is thinking contest, but you recovered, and I lost anyway. So screw it. <sighs> well, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna start uh, drinking and try to get into that uh, Zombie 2 cadaver tracks. And I hope Ferguson doesn't get burned out on this because it is way too damn fun to do, and I want to do more of it. So, well, talk to you later. Take care. Bye. So two things. First of all, I guess I am going to get wasted because I didn't do the what is my thinking for this episode. But number two, you have now officially named for forevermore in the cadaver lab. The movie is now called Jason Kinda Takes Manhattan. <laughs> that is so damn funny. That is so funny. You sure you don't want to name it uh, Jason Takes Manhattan for two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I think that is such a great name for oh, that's that. That's hilarious, Yeah, dude. so nice work on that, and uh, glad you're enjoying the show. Thanks for putting in your cadaver tracks as well. Remember, we're pimping this stuff. Yeah, man. December 19th, Dust Till Dawn. That's going to be a great one. I've already started taking notes. Oh, my god. That's right. I took, I, it was funny because... Uh, I was at work, how was it, yesterday, and I was watching it, and I, I uh, put it on Facebook saying, um, yeah, I'm watching uh, Dust Till Dawn right now to, you know, kind of plan out what I'm going to say. You should see the angle on my monitor right now so no one can see what I'm doing. And just, uh, there, there's, there's only two people at work that, that are friends with me. Uh-huh. Because typically people who, like, know me in real life, you know, I do not want to be friends with on Facebook because... You know, this is kind of a dirty little secret. You know, I'm I'm, right, not, I'm like right. a hard ass at work. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm tough and mean. No, not really. But but uh, all of a sudden she she comes. All of a sudden she just yells, "Uh huh, I see that angle. What you? I know what you're watching." It just kind of laughed and stuff. So it was okay. <laughs> but no. So get get those in December nineteenth. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
Trust me. Sam's going to do it. Yeah. And whatever Sam does is fun. Yeah. Like milk it. Never mind. What the? Hello, Michael and Samuel. This is Robert Halford from Judas Priest. I'm listening to your latest podcast. I just wanted to say that I do appreciate that you boys are mentioning me on the show. And, Michael, I can just say that based on your voice and the personality that I, I hear over the podcast, that I, you seem like a man that I could really get behind, if you know what I mean. You know, I see a lot of me in you, and I just... Oh, I just can't help but listen and think about the two of you. Yes. Thank you, and let's rock after midnight sometime, dear boys. Bye. We get all types of celebrities calling the show. Wow, this is that's awesome, man. How disturbing is it that says he sees a lot of him in you? Or in, in you! you. In and I'm glad he didn't say a lot of me in you over and over. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm, pr- I'm proud to you say that... Rob Halford has called our show. Well, and you would be proud the of king he, of metal. If he bent you over, you'd be proud of that. You'd tell people that. Can I wear a mask? Uh, on the front or the back? <laughs> <laughs> you know you give that guy a reach around. Yuck. <laughs> hey, we weren't going there tonight, damn no, it. I'm gonna, oh. I have to cut that out or put explicit you on You know there. what I figured out, though, what? is like I have all sorts of goals and aspirations to be really on my best behavior. Yeah. My filter only lasts for like 45 minutes. After that, it's all yeah, pent up. It's all pent up energy that comes spewing out like Metal Mikey milking it. <laughs> like Milky Mikey? Milky Mikey. <laughs> hey, guys. Nick Pierce here. Just wanted to call and wish you all a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Have a good holiday weekend. Later. Hey there, Mike and Sam. This is Wolfman from the Darkly Lit Podcast. Just calling in to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Have a good time. Bye. You know what? Happy Thanksgiving to you two. And you know what is so funny about that is that those guys thought enough of us that they would call in <laughs> and wish us a happy Thanksgiving. I just, I'm shocked that, that they would think to. You know, I'm actually really looking forward to Thanksgiving. I am too. I am too. But, I, that, but that they would even think to wish us a, a happy Thanksgiving. I really appreciate that. You know, that kind of makes me feel bad. I feel like calling everybody well, on there. That's what I'm else. thinking. What's I, your problem? Why don't you do it? You don't do I'm shit. Such, I at least I'm get on ass. the forums. I know. You know, I haven't been getting on the forums lately because I've been so damn busy at work, and that's usually my Cadaver Lab time. Cadaver Lab first, then working. Yeah, damn I should get back on there. I did the uh, I did a 30-day of douchebaggery today. Oh, that, that uh, that's a lot more than I did. I actually I was I was on the douche cast, though. Yeah, see, and I wasn't able to make that because I was on a business trip. But I'm like, I can't believe that I haven't done anything. And these guys are carrying 30 days. Oh, yeah. I can at least do something. And I'll tell you what. I checked out Night Gallery. Have you ever seen that show? Uh-huh. That was awesome. Wait, 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 wait. You're talking about Night Gallery, the series, Yeah, right? the series. The okay. Rod Serling, it's like the after right. the Twilight Zone. Right. That thing is badass. I have only seen, I've only seen a handful. And, they, and the thing is, is some of them were pretty good, but some of them were really stupid. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I watched the HP If I remember, episodes, it's been forever. Anyway. And I was just, I was like, Where wow. did you find them? Were they on like They're Netflix on Hulu. Or oh, they are? They were cool. on Hulu. So you're able to go watch it. There was, a, there was a bunch on there. But I just watched the ones that, for the HP Lovecraft, uh, Cool Air, and then uh, uh-huh. I think it's called Pikmin's Model. Pikmin's Model, model? Uh-huh. yeah. 
Really good stuff. Really, I mean, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hokey. Well, it's that eighties kind of TV cheese type of stuff. It was right? the eighties. Was it early eighties? If I, you know, what if I remember right, that's what it is. But it has been forever since I've seen. See, it. I'm a sucker for Rod Serling. You know I what? I may Twilight be wrong Zone. because you know, I think it's seventy. I don't want to. I don't want to second guess myself too much. But I know that uh, the uh, second version of the Twilight Zone started coming out in the eighties, and maybe that's what I'm thinking. No, I know. I mean, I know I've seen Night Gallery, but maybe the time frame is what I'm thinking of the. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, that was some good stuff. But you know what? And just to pimp uh, H.P. Lovecraft a little bit, because you know, everybody knows that I came into this thing not really paying attention, and I'm not as intelligent as I should be on some of the stuff. Uh, it's not about intelligence, Sam. It's about just knowledge. Come on. Okay. There's a difference between memorizing shit and being smart. Okay, all right. And you're smart. You are smart. Thanks, man. Anyway. I am smart. Um <laughs> Anyways, but I was reading some of these quotes by H.P. Lovecraft on his uh, Wikipedia page. Yeah. That dude had some talent. Like, he could really convey... uh, When when he writes, I actually listen, and I I understand what he's telling me, Uh and I... You, you feel it more than you just read the words. It's really hard to explain, but I'm like, are you kidding me? I've got to read more of this stuff, because he he touches my soul. How hard is it to explain that you get a boner every time you read one of his books? I was trying to not use phallic references. I keep saying that word because I'm trying to avoid it. I was back on my best behavior. But you know what? <laughs> the blood swells so oh, deeply that my helmet swells up purple and just wow. giant Wow! with throbbing goodness when I read H.P. Lovecraft. Holy was that cr- good enough? No. <laughs> that was not good at all. By the way, uh, you know, I really want to thank Stephen... For, for putting all that out. And I know it hasn't, Steve's just been kind of the, the organizer, and all the other douches have been, you know, contributing and whatnot. Uh, this was a big deal, and I, you know, I kind of feel bad because I told him that I would, I would, I would help him out. I just haven't had the time to do it. So everybody go to douchecast5k.com, or you can actually search for douche, douchecast5k on iTunes now, and uh, go check out what all those guys have been putting out. I only did the, did the douchecast where we talked about the reanimator series one through three, but uh, they've been actually hard at work. And doing a lot of cool stuff, and well, now, like nuggets for every day, right? It's exactly. thirty days of douchebaggery on exactly. HP Lovecraft. So, so in, they've been working hard. Go download it all. It's all very worthwhile. In in, in uh, most of it's you know not not as long. I mean, all of it's not as long as any of our last douche cast. So it's kind of in bite size, mm-hmm. you know, relatively bite size snippets. And you can it. skip out on mine because I've never been out on my own solo. Like I always have stuff. I always have you to kind of bounce stuff off of, and like we can cut shit out. That's, that sounds. That was <laughs> Sam raw. Dude, th- so just ignore it. That people are going to go and, and, do, no, and find that. Just now. ignore. You I'm said the word you. Sam Raw. <laughs> You're going to be very severely like, disappointed. And all of a sudden, in everybody's mind, that's what it sounds like, dude. That's what it sounds like. There was no memory counts. There was none of that stuff. So it's just straight talk. Excellent. That's awesome. So, anyways, there you go. You know, I wonder if. Never mind. I was going to mention something bad about Lovecraft, but I'm not going to. But anyways, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yeah. Hey, Sam and Mike. Greetings. This is Otter. How's it going? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to make a few comments on the show. Um, first off, I agree with you guys. I don't want to listen to you guys or anybody else sit there and just talk about movies they hate. I mean, those are like the people that put the comments on like movie and music sites where, oh, this band sucks, this movie sucks. You know, those people I want to know, well, where's your shit at? You know, what, what have you done that made you famous? But... Anyways, uh, yeah, these Friday the 13th movies, uh, two of the three of them uh, being part seven and eight there, and usually part six, were always those ones that were like on your USA Up All Night Friday the 13th marathons. 
and they were the ones I always saw growing up. Like growing up, I think I saw those before I saw like anything before Part Seven. And I actually got the pleasure of seeing Jason Goes to Hell in theaters. I remember seeing that poster in our little Cinema Three uh, back in like the early '90s and seeing that chrome mask. We always were hoping that Jason was going to have that mask, and it never did. But yeah. And, we used to always ask, why did he shave the guy and why was he naked? He's got to get his clothes okay. But I figured you'd have gave the kick in the balls to the doctor from uh, the new blood there. Also, uh, that's the only other other thing I've ever seen the guy that played Bernie from the Weekend at Bernie's movies in. I would have gave him the, uh, the top kick in the balls because besides not trying to nail her mom, doesn't he use her as a shield or throw her at Jason when they're running through the woods? That's how Mom gets killed. But uh, other than that, it's pretty good. No surprise that that movie was filmed. Uh, Manhattan was filmed in Vancouver. Apparently, both Vancouver and Toronto are using a lot of movies for like major U.S. cities. I guess it's cheaper to make them. But other than that, uh, keep up the good work, guys. Uh, look forward to next week. Uh, that's three very good. Uh, Werewolf movies. Take care, guys. Goodbye. I just want everybody to know, because it's not me starting the shit with Canada this time, <laughs> that Otter just called Toronto and, uh, what was the other one? Vancouver. Vancouver. The uh, dirty, slutty whores of the United States. <laughs> that we use them for our movies. So I didn't say I didn't start that. I want everybody to know that. I, I, I declared peace on Canada, and that guy just started up. Nice job, Otter. You know what he mentioned? How because yeah, we talked we talked about how we don't just like to sit and bag on movies and whatever. A couple we we were talking during one of the uh, voicemails earlier about uh, how Matt brought up uh, or Mister Horror brought up uh, what was a basket case? Oh yeah. That's the last time he called in, and I thought to myself, you know what? Those were really three movies that I did not like very yeah, much. Yeah, you know what? And we were still yeah. we we're still like nice to. Them. I mean, right. we didn't like. Cause, I, they have their merits and stuff, but I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I'm ever going to visit those. I again. will never watch those shows again. The thing never. is, is, is uh, <laughs> like I felt dirty watching them. I felt really dirty. You know what? Come on, you have to admit there were some good spots. But all in all, and number one, there was a couple of funny spots. Let me tell you something. There are some things that are extremely are you- twisted in this in this world. Yeah. Tumor sex is is like top three, <laughs> and I felt dirty. No, you- like no, I no, did. No, you know what's I great. Felt- you know what's great about tumor sex though. What is a lot of times tumors have lots of holes all around. Oh my and- no. gosh. What. Now I feel like extra no, dirty. You, oh, you have a dirty mind. No. I was going to say it's very difficult for them to make sure to wash all of those. And so <laughs> when you have sex and you're, you have to be clean for it, it's harder for them. Dude. That's what I was going to say. I will never. Uh, yeah. Those, those like I felt really dirty. That and Head of the Family for some reason. I love Head of the Family. I just felt really dirty that, watching those shows. Head of the fa- I love Head of the Family. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a good show. I'll tell you what. That's one of my favorite full moves. Why did you feel dirty? I don't know. Probably because that girl was naked the whole damn time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there was like really graphic sex. I think that's what it was. I was I just watched him like, like, I can handle naked, but. Really graphic. It's, it's a little over the line. Oh, I freaking love that movie. That movie has me laugh. Anyway, I digress. I guess <laughs> we need to cut all but, that out. But you know what's so funny? I'm not cutting any of that out. But you know what's so funny is uh, you. We did nominate the doctor, and he totally used her as a shield. And Jason stabbed right through her. That's right. And that's not why you nominated her. No. I nominated him because he didn't try and tap the mom. I know. I'm an idiot. You're, you're oh, a I bastard. suck. Mike. <laughs>
Sam, this is Keith from Mississippi, a very, very long-time listener, all the way from episode one. Um, I don't call in comments to too many podcasts, because really, who gives a shit what I got to say? I'm not very original, not very witty, but uh, Jason Voorhees, now that son of a bitch can make me talk. I am a lifelong fan of the Friday the 13th series. The first one I was so privileged to see in the theaters was Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. I loved it. I was way too young to be in that theater to watch that movie. Uh, My mom dropped me off. She picked me up. Felt like a big boy. I'm on popcorn. I'm on coke. But that is neither here nor there. Neither is this Coors I'm drinking. But, anyway, Jason Voorhees, your retrospective, episode 45. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. The only thing I did not love was part 9, Jason Goes to Hell. It is a Friday 13th movie, and just slapping that title on the movie makes it watchable for me. I am loyal to the franchise. I will even watch Jason X. Love science fiction, love horror. That was a shitty combination, though, but that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is 7, 8, and 9. And opinions are just like assholes. Everyone has one. I decided to share mine because I love the Cadaver Lab. Ranking order for me. Number one being the best, number two being, uh and number three the worst. I would have to make number eight one, number seven two, and what was that? Jason Goes to Hell number who gives a shit? Uh, Yet nine? Yeah, we'd make that three. That's a lot of numbers and it's a little confusing. You might just not want to add this feedback to your show. But, um, really enjoyed 8. Really enjoyed 8. I can tolerate 7 most times. But, Jason Goes to Hell, you got to just really want some fucking Friday 13th to see that garbage. Why is it garbage? Because Jason isn't in it. It's like a fucking phantom going from one person to the next. There are some real, real good things going on there. There are. But do we really need Jason for that? Like we needed Pinhead for the last four or five Hellraiser movies? You ruined it. Yes, I went to see it because it's a Friday 13th movie. But if I would have come across that movie without Jason being there, with, with some more type of generic creature... I would have loved it, loved it much better, and would have no ill feelings towards the creators, the directors, the writers, fuck their commentary, it's still garbage. But that said, 7 and 8, wonderful movies. 8, thanks to nostalgia, it will never get bad for me, it will never turn old, it will be there till the end, and... Sorry, I had to take a puff of a cigarette there. I assure you, it is a cigarette. 
not a blunt. I wouldn't get high and ramble on. You can uh, edit this if you like, but I'm, I just want you to understand how strongly, how very, very strongly I feel that number eight is, in my humble opinion, the crowning achievement of the franchise. You get Jason Voorhees died in the water, drowned, because the counselors were off fucking instead of watching their kids like they were supposed to. Now, this son of a bitch is on a cruise ship. A small one, but a ship. And he is braving it all the way from wherever they're leaving to to wherever they're going. We know they didn't really go to New York on that boat. Probably got ferried down from Canada somewhere. And I think we should all be very, very proud of Jason. Conquered his fear of water. Now, Jason and versus Freddy showed us he was still scared of it. But that means very, very little. I, I'm rambling now. All I wanted to say is I enjoyed the retrospective, episode 45. I love every episode, but it really got my attention because you and Sam seem to enjoy nine. Will not knock you for that. To each their own. To each their own. If maybe I had not seen part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan in the theater, I would have thought differently. But I don't. And I didn't. And that's it. Number eight, I fucking love you. Let's get married. You know what I'm saying? That's how much I love Part 8. Rennie, the, the, the fountain pen, the Lady Gizzard, the beginning from Stephen King. Nice touch. Okay? I've rambled on long enough. But thank you, Mike, Sam, everyone involved in the Cadaver Lab podcast. I look forward on a bi-weekly basis, and I am never, ever disappointed. Now, I'm think I'm going from the land of just running my mouth into kissing ass and may even get a kick in the balls award for this feedback if you're brave enough to play it and then face ridicule for doing so but I'm not drunk I promise a little buzz but enjoyed the episode and wanted to give you some feedback because I rarely do it because as you've seen in the last six minutes and 47 seconds I am not very articulate. But thank you, Mike and Sam, for allowing me to put out my opinion. Later. Hey, listen, there's no kick to the balls for that. I mean, you have your opinions about number eight. I've got to tell you, I'm, wait, almost, wait, 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 I'm wait. almost going into a Mississippi twang talking because I've been listening to Listen, that. a kick to the balls is an honor. Uh... Really? I would have nominated No, I'm just kidding. That's fine. Anyway, sorry to... Sorry <laughs> no, to but uh, I was going to say, you know, it's funny because the exact same logic that you're using to defend number eight is the same logic of why I like number nine. Number nine was the first one that I saw of the Friday the 13th franchise, and it was in the movie theater. Really? Yeah, and so that's why, I mean, I think back on it, and, and you know what? It's funny going into it. The only thing I remembered about number nine was the girl running naked through the, through the forest of the first, Ow! and... The dude that got his head shoved in the fryer. Oh, really? Because I worked as a cook at El Matador. El Matador. And I knew that that would do some serious damage. I'm like, damn it, that would be horrible. 
So that that same nostalgia is the reason why I love Nine. So I, you, I mean, you were old enough to look at to, to work at El Matador when you saw your first R-rated film in the theater. No, the first radar movie theater or film I saw in the theater was uh, Termi- oh, Terminator oh, oh, Two. Okay, so this wasn't the first R-rated movie you saw in the theater. This was the first Jason movie you saw in the theater. Yes. Ah, okay. I but it was so- close. I mean, Terminator Two was this, and then I think this was the second. Huh. I mean, it's right around that same time, ninety-two, right? Ninety-two. I, I don't remember. Anyways, so that so there you go. That's my response to that. And by the way, thanks for calling. By yeah, the way, that that's Keith Latch. He may not be articulate, or else he claims not to be he articulate. Claims not to whatever, but. He is uh, one of the best writers that I've uh, read in the last my lifetime. And so, just for the record, yeah. I'm not believing that was just a regular cigarette. Just so you know. <laughs> no, everybody, um, I think everybody knows Keith Latch. We, we mentioned him enough on this. And, uh, Guy, we need to support another one of these guys that uh, is a great writer. It's kind of like that music I'm talking about. It's great stuff. But I just it's just not easy to find if you don't know exactly where to look. And so, uh, you know, we need to make sure to go out and support Keith as well. You know, you know, one thing after after all the voicemails and and uh, Twittering and stuff like that, one thing about the Friday the 13th series is it seems like there are no well, maybe there's like a couple of clear winners for everybody. But it's all over the board as far as which one's whose favorite and whatever. I mean, there are people who love five the most. You know, it's just all well, you don't get it. He just gave me a funny look. But uh, I, it, it's just I think that uh, I don't know. I guess if you make twenty-seven sequels, that's bound to happen, maybe. But I, I think it's just different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I guess that's really all I have to say about that. What are you two doing? Huh? You're playing video games on Christmas Eve. You should be drinking. That's what we're doing. They're at a fucking bar that balls ass packs and drinking like tools. I'm the I'm the designated driver, so I can't drink. Sucks, dick. Sucks. Anyway, you two girls. I'm um, really disappointed in you. You never helped out with the uh, 30 days of juice baggery. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, you know, yeah, you were all in the big douche cast uh, episode. Ooh, ooh, big time. You really showed up and helped out. Yeah, cock. Damn you, Mike. At least, at least freaking Sam was going to help out. Maybe he will. Who knows? Fuckers. Uh, anyway, last couple of shows, fantastic. Um, do I remember what the hell they were? Camera, the the cadaver tracks thing was actually pretty good. Watched the movie. Was gonna enjoy. Was gonna be involved, and I couldn't watch the movie by myself. But after watching the with the cadaver tracks thing, it was fantastic. That movie sucks. It sucks. Um, what else? Oh, is this this is Vaughn, by the way. If you don't know. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, no, no, you guys suck. Good. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And, uh, later. I, I don't know if people are listening close enough, but Vaughn's been drinking so hard that he thinks it's December. Yeah, he said it was Christmas Designated Eve. Designated driver my ass. <laughs> Listen, Vaughn. I'm going to tell you something. You called our asses out about not helping on the 30 days of douchebaggery. If it wasn't for my ass, you would have to rename it the 29 days of douchebaggery. Yes. So there. I got the last one in. Or didn't you do two or did you just do one? Well, I did one put together because I think they only needed one day. Oh, cool. So I did the last one. So I just saved your ass. <laughs> you know what's funny about Vaughn? <laughs> it usually goes from like really douchey <laughs> to really nice. Yeah, back like, to really douchey. He's like, you guys suck, except for Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Which what? Yeah, exactly. Are you kidding know. me? I don't know, man. See, by the way, I'm gl- I'm really glad you listened to uh, the Cadaver Tracks, Vaughn. 
I, I've just got to give uh, Ferguson more props. I know I do this every single damn episode, but uh, freaking hilarious. And it's going to be I, those are gonna, those are going to last longer than our damn regular. Episodes. I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it when I get home. I am watching. It. Hilarious. I'm gonna dude. do it, Tamara. Because I hilarious. I want to see it. Exciting. All right, and that's all we've got for voicemails today. But don't worry, Spooky Bill. We're saving your MP3 for something special. Right now, he's going with the free guys. Yeah, you guys screw me. No, no. send out prize packs. <laughs> Freaking, don't play my voicemails. No, we we that was so good. We have something special uh, planned for it. Yep. Anyway, uh, so uh, thanks for everybody for calling in and sending in your feedback. It's always uh, a great time for us. Gets us ready for the show. Anyways, uh, we're gonna play a song, play a promo, and we'll be right back. This just in, there have been scattered reports of violence and mutilations occurring around the globe. Scientists are saying today that this is a direct result of looking in the podcast. Looking in the podcast has been shown to cause insanity, temporary blindness, fits of extreme violence, gaining of worthless movie trivia, and bouts of laughter. As of now, the CDC is reporting that there is no cure for looking in the podcast. If you suspect that you are looking in the podcast, there are several ways to identify it. If you are hearing a genre film review, you are looking in the podcast. If you are hearing Robert and Laura Best, Red, Zombie Farmer, and Darkwing Mantis, you are looking in the podcast. If you are hearing amusing discussion of films like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Clue, Halloween, and Bad Taste, you are looking in the podcast. Remember, if you or a loved one has looked in the podcast, authorities are advising you seek shelter immediately. Do not try to contact friends or loved ones. The official word is to stay in your home, board up your doors and windows, and wait for rescue. If you haven't looked in the podcast, it is advised that you do not. Remember, don't look in the podcast. For God's sakes, don't look in the podcast. Please also stay away from the website www.dontlookinthepodcast.com for that is where the podcast is found. Remember, don't look in the podcast. Don't look in the podcast. Just forget the curfew Cause you're about to turn to woman tonight Let me lick the 
Hey Mike and Sam, Spooky Bill here. I'm sending this as an MP3 because there's a sound clip I want to attach at the end, and uh, actually I really like it. I love horror, uh, especially with monsters. It probably stems from being raised on the Universal Classics and Godzilla movies. For me, werewolves are right up there with zombies. Um, but where zombies play on our fear of death and dying, I think werewolves play more on our fear of what we can become if we let ourselves go, or even what our neighbors could become. The wolf is the animalistic side of us, a side that we keep repressed or hidden. We all have that side that we suppress. You'll notice it at work, where we conform to our dress codes and our company's code of conduct. We sit behind our desks and do what we're told. The customer's always right. But when we punch out, we're free to be ourselves. Well, as long as we stay in our society-dictated roles and behave in a manner that the majority deems acceptable. The wolf, he clocks out when the moon is full. He sheds his flesh work clothes, but he doesn't care what the majority believes. He's a dictator. He knows no limitations, has no sexual boundaries. He'd sooner disembowel you than be polite and kiss your ass. We fear the wolf, but we envy him as well. Now to me, the best werewolf films involve a sympathetic character, the average Joe or even the underdog, someone we can relate to. Being attacked was just another injustice that was done to him, and as the moon waxes, well, they become more aggressive, more successful, they get more sex, they begin to see it as a blessing. And this is where we actually have a split. When the moon is full and the wolf is free, the antagonist, he'll still believe that this is a blessing, while our protagonist, he will real, realize the full extent of his curse, and it is just another injustice that's been done to him. And it really allows us to feel for the character. I was in third grade the first time I saw an American werewolf in London. My late friend John, he had it and told me that I had to see it. It blew me away. It changed my perception on, on werewolves from something wonderful and fantastic to something horrible and scary. The previous werewolf films that I had seen, they all showed the transformation as being, you know, different stages of makeup completion all dissolved together. It looked rather benign and painless. And while I love Jack Pierce's Wolfman makeup effects, they're more man than wolf, whereas Rick Baker's effects in American Werewolf in London are more beast than man. And the transformations are painful and grotesque, which makes the most sense. The body's going through a massive change in a short amount of time. And again, we tend to feel sorry for this character and, and more, have more sympathy for him. Now the sound clip I want to play for you is from the BBC show called Being Human. It's about a werewolf, a ghost, and a vampire that all live together. Uh, for me, the werewolf steals the show. And the second episode, there's a description of what the body goes through during the transformation from man to wolf. And actually, it's really amazing. Maybe it's the fact that I'm a bit of a science geek, anatomy geek, but uh, I really like it. He should be dead within 30 seconds. The werewolf heart is about two-thirds the size of a human's. But in order to shrink, first it has to stop. In other words, he has a heart attack. All the internal organs are smaller, so while he's having his heart attack, he's having liver and kidney failure too. If he stops screaming, it's not because the pain has dulled. 
His throat, gullet and vocal cords are tearing and reforming. He literally can't make a sound. By now, the pituitary gland should be working overtime, flooding his body with endorphins to ease some of the pain, but that too is shut down. Anyone else would have died of shock long ago, but it won't let him. And that's the thing I find most remarkable. It drags him through the fire and keeps him alive and even conscious to endure every second. Nothing like this could just evolve. This is the fingerprint of God. An impossible lethal curse spread by tooth and claw. Victim begets victim begets victim. It's so cruel, it's perfect. And so now you see why we saved that one for right before we go into and, and talk about the movies. We, we couldn't have come up with anything even close to that good to introduce the topic. So I thought that nice work. on Yeah, that. so thanks for that uh, spooky build. Definitely uh, uh, did our work for us on that one. Uh, so for the Cadaver Lab, we will... S- Whoa, I was ready to go later. <laughs> oh, see how spontaneous we are, people. Yeah. You just wow. never know what you're going to get. That's why this show kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Let's talk about, uh, you know, what's funny is I have I even have some notes about topical werewolf stuff that we that we needed to discuss, things like oh, really? that. But, you know, he, he, he did, just it all. did it all. So perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Make our jobs easy. Uh, we did choose three movies, uh, three werewolf movies that uh, I haven't I hadn't seen any of these in quite a while. However, I do remember liking all of them, so... Uh, we got a lot of werewolf suggestions. There's a ton of werewolf movies, uh, but we chose Silver Bullet, The Howling, and American Werewolf in London. Let's get started with uh, Silver Bullet. It began in May. And every month after that, whenever the moon was full, it happened again. And again. What was that? Somebody was dead in me. Nobody knew who or what was responsible. Come on. They only knew it had to be stopped. Now, from the master of mystery and suspense, Stephen King's. Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. The last glimmering hope. Came out in 1985. IMDb gave it a 5.9. Uh, on their scale, uh, it was directed by Daniel Atias, uh, which he did a lot of TV. I didn't, I didn't see that he did a lot of other movies, but he's done a lot of TV. Like, um, directed some episodes of uh, my favorite show right now. It's always Sunny in Philadelphia. Did a couple of Buffy's, uh, Heroes, House, Big Love, um, but it was written uh, both the uh, um, the story itself. And uh, in the screenplay, were both written by Stephen King. Uh, it, this is actually based on the novella called "Cycle of the Werewolf." The budget was seven point, se- excuse me, seven million. Uh, it grossed five point four million dollars domestically, thirteen million dollars internationally. I don't know how update those 
those uh, numbers are because this seems kind of like a bigger movie than would have you know just barely squeaked by. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess thirteen million's almost double. What had Terry O'Quinn in it? I mean, I don't even know who that is. He's the guy. He's the sheriff. He's the. He's oh, also oh yeah, John Locke on Lost. Oh yeah. Oh, I. You know what? I, since I don't watch Lost, I know that he's in uh, the X Files. That's where I recognize oh, yeah, him. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in a lot of those uh, episodes. That uh, the small town of Tarker's Mill was a place that was very peaceful, where nothing ever happened until one night the murders began. The town people believed it's some maniac killer on the loose and intend to hunt the man down. Marty, a young handicapped boy, believes that the killer is no man at all, uh, but a werewolf. After a run-in with the werewolf, Marty and his sister. Jane hunt all over town for the man who is the werewolf. All right, so I forgot to mention who was actually in this movie. It starred Gary Busey as Uncle Red, uh, Everett McGill as Reverend Lowe, Corey Haim as Marty Kozlaw, Megan Follows as uh, Jane Kozlaw, Terry O'Quinn as Sheriff Joe Haller, and Bill Smitrovich as Andy Fairton. So what'd you think? You know, this was, uh, was going to be an interesting one for me. I saw this movie when I was probably 13. Was really when I saw it, and I I remember thinking this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I was thinking, uh, you know, silver bullet. It's it's a werewolf, and uh-huh. we'll just we'll watch it. Uh-huh. I really liked this this movie. Really? I, I really liked it a lot. Corey Haim was not obnoxious. You know, we all know what he's turned out to be, but you know, I thought he did a really good job. Well, I was he, noticing yeah, these were back in the days where he was actually cute and like a yeah, right. Like a, uh, seemed like a good kid, an engaging you know? kid, and stuff like that. Is it just me, or does he smile exactly like Woody Harrelson? Mate, yeah, I can see that. I was I was watching. I'm like those guys could be like you would think he grew up and to be Woody Harrelson. Just he's, they smile the exact same way. <laughs> really, yeah, weird. it was crazy to think about that. But I really I I thought one thing that I really liked about all three of these movies. I really enjoyed the storyline. Yeah, like I followed it all the way along. There wasn't parts where I'm like, oh my gosh, please, are you kidding me? Uh-huh. And I and so I I really liked. It. I like all the actors in it. I mean, it was just it was good. I really enjoyed it. Good. Did you? Uh, I hope you got a couple of uh, good who else said that's from this. You know, I have two. Did, did you get look at my hose? No, I, I was going to write that down, but <laughs> anyway, well, let's let's talk a little bit more about them. I didn't want to get ahead of myself. No, There's just good. one part where she says, "Look at my hose." That's right. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I hope we got that one. Uh, anyhow, so you know, this movie uh, is set in a, a town called Tarker's Mill, small town. Everybody knows everybody, and it seems like every dude that lives there is in this bar every single night. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but I would get my balls kicked in if I was gone every single night. What, whatever. Yeah, right, I don't. I don't right. want to judge. Okay. Right. Whatever. Um, the opening scene starts out. Uh, there's a town drunk out hanging out by the uh, railroad tracks. Uh, gets decapitated by a giant hairy arm which was uh, kind of a decent way to start the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, the movie kind of starts going on. We are introduced to Marty and Jane Kozla, uh, brother and sister. Uh, Jane actually is the one narrating the movie, and it seems like she's narrating it from many years in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can tell her voice is more mature, and, and it's kind of a, it, it's funny because the way she narrates this is almost like she's narrating it from Marty's funeral or, or some, some kind of a, of a memorial service for something like that. I don't know. Did you get that impression? Well, yeah. You know, one of the things that I kind of noticed from it, because, you know, this was a Stephen King. Right. Right. Well, he did that with Stand By Me, where you've got a narrator. And Uh I wonder if it was kind of his little style that he did right around that same time. Where you have the narrator talking about it. So I I just, I kind of noticed that that was, it was very similar. Well, if I remember correctly, Stand By Me was, was kind of meant to be a story told by a guy who's already grown up and 
Am I wrong? I don't know. It's been forever. Yeah, yeah, but he, I mean, he tells a story. It's like that. It's narrated by no, okay. someone in the future. I mean, sim- very similar to what anyway, was going anyway. on. Anyway, starts a movie by introducing kind of the, the small town secrets type of thing. You know, you see there's a, you know, and this isn't in the within the timeline, but you see a, there's a drunk guy. There's a lot of, uh, there seems to be a lot of like uh, excessive drinking because apparently there's nothing going on in the bar and apparently this just seems like they're used to bar brawl or fights and arguments things like that. Um, also at a town picnic kind of in the beginning uh, we get a shot where um, this woman is taking this guy back behind the bushes to tell him that she's pregnant with his baby and of course he gets pissed off and you know says it can't be mine whatever. Um, I'm going to rush through this a little bit because I don't want to get too hung up on it. But basically, she goes home and decides, you know what? I'm going to go home and commit suicide because this is such a, a bad deal for me. Well, unfortunately, before she has a chance to commit suicide, a uh, beast breaks in to her home and actually kills her. Um, and also, uh, you know, there, there are a couple of other random deaths coming up. For instance, uh, Marty's girlfriend... Uh, his dad is just a, is, is an alcoholic, and he's watching the bo- a boxing match, and he hears something out in his shed. He goes out there, and he thinks it's just some teens or you know some dickweed kids. He loads up the the shotgun with uh, some rock salt, and uh, ends up being a. We don't really see a, a like a good shot of it in the beginning. Uh, we find out later because it kind of looks lame in the end. Did you get that same kind yeah. of? A, I mean, it was it wasn't that especially compared to the other two movies that we watch, in my opinion, they probably shouldn't have showed the whole thing at a time because it was kind of less mm-hmm. impressive than, you know, than the other two movies anyway. Uh, so, you know, we just get um, flashes here and there of an arm or a leg or a claw or something like that. Um, and also there, the one other murder that really starts to make, to, to take an effect on the, uh, town is one of Marty's friends. They're out there flying a kite, and then uh, Marty's like, "Hey, you know, it's time to go. Are you coming?" He's like, "No, I'm going to stay there. I'm going to fly my kite for a little bit." He apparently loves flying a kite. Yeah, really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. how much he loved it. Anyway, so he gets brutally murdered, and that's just about. I mean, that's about all the townsfolk can take. You know, it shows a scene of that of the kid's funeral. Uh, it shows the bar later that night where all these people are kind of getting a posse together, just going to go out and take out who they still suspect is just a regular killer. And it, it's kind of um, it's kind of a weird scene because uh, all these guys are ready to go out there, and then uh, the guy from Lost comes in and uh, he's like, no, you know, that's called private justice, and you can't go out there and do this. And then tell me what you think. It, I thought that was kind of a, a strange scene to have in the movie because even though all these things have been going on, it seems like the movie was kind of bright, mm-hmm. you know, ha- bright colors, happy the day, you know, uh, a lot of teasing between uh, the brother and sister, and, you know, a lot of going back and forth. But this this seemed really dark to me because uh, happened to be in the ba- sitting in the back of the bar was the father of the kid who just died uh, w- was sitting back there, and I mean, I obviously I can't imagine what that would be like. But um, it, that that scene didn't really gel with the rest of the movie. Am I wrong? Do you think no, that? I think they were trying to set up maybe some speeding up of the action that because they just hurried and killed some people off and then they went right to the funeral. It, you know, it's it could be. I think you're right. Just because it was it, all of a sudden, it just like you're going through this movie, you're enjoying what's going on, and all of a sudden you get like hit in the gut with a baseball bat that you didn't see coming with this kid dying. Literally. Uh, well, yeah. Well, later on. Um, anyway, so, uh, they ended up going out anyway. Um, all these people obviously don't know what the hell they're doing. They go out to kind of a swamp area 
Um, there was one funny line. One old guy gets scared, and some lady says, what, are you going to make lemonade in your pants? <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, a lot of them just get brutally killed. Kind of stupid, you know, kind of stupid to go out there, a bunch of these guys. Uh, obviously, the, the, the wolf is a predator and, uh, you know, takes them all out. One thing that I haven't mentioned yet is uh, Uncle Red, who is uh, Marty's old, uh, mom's brother, who is basically an, an alcoholic, but Marty looks up to him. You know, it's kind of that uh, father figure. I don't know. I and then maybe I, I just watched it this morning. But what was the deal? His father was still around, right? Yeah, I think he ends up being the the, the mother's brother. But it's right. it's one of the guys. He didn't take pity on Marty. Okay. Like he wanted to help him out and stuff like that. And he made it apparently abundantly clear to the mom. You got to look at your kid more than just that he can't walk. He right. can do so much more. And so he's the enabler there, and he's the one that made the silver bullet for Marty. So, uh-huh. of course, Marty, you know, he's sheltered by his parents. Uh-huh. And so he gets to, to kind of And live that's that kind of why he looks up edge. to him yeah. and whatnot. And he yeah. helps him out. That's a great point. Marty actually tells this Uncle Red, listen, I think, I just kind of out of nowhere, I think that this is more than a man. I think it's, you know, there could be some kind of a monster out there. Of course, Red looks at him like he's some kind of a little idiot. Anyhow, uh, also you mentioned the silver bullet. Uh, Red makes this awesome, kick-ass, like a motorcycle wheelchair type mm-hmm. deal, and uh, gives it to Marty. Which, by the way, was like totally not street legal. He was oh, passing yeah. cars and all sorts of awesome stuff. Um, anyway, there there comes a point where they the family goes to the well, like the carnival or the fair or something like that, and they get all bummed out because, because the murders, you know, they cancel it. You know, it's just too dangerous to be out at night and whatever. Um, so what Red does, just to kind of make it up for Marty, he gives him a sack of uh, uh, fireworks, you know, to, just to go light off by himself. Marty takes these fireworks out to a bridge and just starts uh, uh, shooting them off. And uh, I haven't seen a kid so excited about stupid-ass fireworks. I was going to say, it was you know, very like, symbolic for a, a young kid coming into his own. What? I could really kind of see the symbolism working there. Explain. No, I'm just going to leave it up to the imagination. <laughs> I, think, I think if they haven't seen the movie in a while. Well, yeah. just that he's out there all by himself lighting fireworks off that are exploding, and he is really <laughs> jolly about what's going on out there. Oh, I it's got a you. symbolism for life experiences, all right? Oh, that's that's. Uh, thank you for uh, that that uh, bit of... Hey, uh, I'm all about insight. <laughs> I'm the color commentator. So basically what happens is uh, a werewolf shows up. Yeah, I guess he's attracted to all the noise Marty's making. I don't want to say that he's attracted to the milk that's being made. Oh, my god! Whoa! No, but he shows up, and uh, Marty, basically what he does is shoots a rocket right into his eyeball. And uh, Marty, of course, takes off in the silver bullet, which hauls ass, so he gets home fine. Well, the next day, um, Jane decides, you know, they, they kind of get together. They say, okay, well, this happened. Of course, nobody still believes him, except for Jane kind of seems to have like some kind of a uh, starting to not, not really believe it, but just start to kind of see, uh, I think, kind of get creeped out enough by Marty that she's, you know, kind of taking it a little bit seriously. What she does is she decides to go out on a, uh, like collecting bottles and cans for uh, some kind of a recycling drive. Basically, she uses this as an excuse to go around and uh, look at everybody in the town uh, to make sure they have both eyes. Well, as she goes around the town, you know, she's starting to, everybody's got their two eyes and she's starting to think that she was just an idiot for, uh, you know, believing Marty's story until she goes up to the reverend's house where she's to drop off all of the recyclable good, uh, bottles and things like that. And it, sure enough, the reverend has a patch over his eye, like a little white patch. 
and uh, of course it freaks her out. They go through, you know, what what exa- I can't remember exactly what happened. They were in the garage. She, she found the baseball. Yeah, bat. she trips over something. She finds one of the baseball bat, the baseball bat by the bar owner, who took it out on the on the posse hunt earlier. And, of course, he was killed. Um, anyway, so being the geniuses they are, they decide to start putting together, like, threatening letters and sending <laughs> Why them. Why don't you kill yourself? Yeah. That's what they said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they'd cut it out of magazines and, you know, glue it in so they couldn't, so the Reverend couldn't figure out who it's from and whatnot. And, uh, just, and of course, the Reverend kind of gets tired of this. I, what, what exactly happens? Some tips off the Reverend. So that uh, he starts to suspect that it's Marty and... Jane, who are the ones who figured it out. And well, he just knows by the way she reacted when she left the garage. Oh. He's like, he's asked if he could get right home. She's freaking out. And he's like, tell your brother that I said hi. <laughs> wow, that was an excellent accent. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she, he confronts Marty, uh, chases him, you know, and, and, and at this point he's he kind of just acts like the cat's out of the bag and is mm-hmm. being really threatening towards Marty. He kind of he, Marty takes off in a silver bullet. He chases him down with his car, runs into the silver bullet. Uh, he actually catches him and talks to him, saying, trying to be, trying to justify his killings mm-hmm. as doing them a favor, basically. Which was kind of strange to me because he says, you know what? If if such and such a woman wouldn't, ha- you know, if she would have killed herself, suicides go to hell. So I did her a favor by murdering her. Right. Now, how do you how do you explain the the, the kid? Flying his kite. What did the kid do to uh, to uh, justify his? And you know, they they just kind of don't mention that. I thought mm-hmm, that was kind of mm-hmm. weird. But uh, and obviously, that wasn't the only. Those weren't the only murders that went on. I mean, why would you kill? If that's your motivation, why would you have killed everybody in the posse? I mean, you could have stayed home. Sure, they were hunting you, but you could have stayed home if you're right. really being righteous and whatever. Anyhow. Um, I don't know if we want to go on. I mean, that's that's basically the rest of the story. We don't want to spoil it or anything like that. Well, they end up. The only other thing to say is that they end up. Uh, Marty and his sister Jane end up donating some, like a couple of necklaces to to have their uncle. The uncle starts believing yeah. him a little bit, and then uh, make it into a silver bullet. Mm-hmm. So there's this magic silver bullet, and then. Uh, the, the, the story kind of goes into its conclusion of, of how it works out. But that's kind of how it all draws together as far mm-hmm. as where the name comes from. And so that's, I mean, that, that's in essence the, you know, the plot of the story. Um, like, I said, like I mentioned a couple of times, there were a few things in there that didn't quite sit well with me. It did seem to be a little uneven between the, uh, um, how dramatic the, the narration was being as opposed to the, how the, mo- the mood of the movie itself. It, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, it's hard to explain. It's hard for me to explain it, but basically I'd be watching the movie, and then all of a sudden when the narration would start, it would, it would kind of be a different vibe. And yeah. it, was, I mean, it wasn't, like, confusing, but it just, like, made you think, well, that's weird yeah. type of thing. But, you know, all in all, I did not I did not hate this movie. In fact, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and but, the, you know, the other thing I noticed, and, and this is going to be a common theme for these three movies, it ended very abruptly. Yeah. Like, it, it just all of a sudden... Like, there wasn't really any lead up to it. There was no surprises. There was no twists. And you know, most of the time when there are twists, I'm like, that didn't even. <laughs> I, I saw right through that. Uh-huh. But these guys didn't even attempt it. It was just straight up coming for you. Over. You know, and I, none of these movies really had a. Well, I guess I guess the Howling kind of had miniature twists at the yeah. end. But you kind of. I mean, it was kind of just a, a story, and without. I don't necessarily think that every movie that you watch has to have a twist. No. But as far as especially this one and uh, 
in American Werewolf, they, yeah, they were just like all of a sudden, boom, it's over. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't see. You gotta try of... and glean whatever lesson you're supposed to out of the movie, I mm-hmm. guess, and then it's just over. But like you, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the acting was great. I enjoyed the storyline. Um, yeah, there were a couple of shortcuts that they probably took that left some things out that if uh-huh. you're looking for it, uh, you know, you're probably gonna see in in any other movie. But uh, you know, I, I, I would give this a buy. I, I give it a buy too. So that's you know that's good. Um, the memory count on this was zero. Bog. What did I learn? Gas attendants asking kids if they can check their oil is really creepy. <laughs> yes. That dude, do it. He really was enjoying asking that. Um, is it just me or did I see a priest going after little boy theme going on? <laughs> that, you know, I learned that that's universal. And the other thing I learned is the werewolves really like baseball. He did. That dude clubbed people more than he tore them apart. Yeah. With the same baseball bat. <laughs> Who else said that? You're gonna hurt your head popping it in and out like that. Uh, I just left that as that. We all know who else said that. I mean, I don't have to come up with anything on that. Kind of like, look yeah. at my hose. Yeah, exactly. And then the other one is Janie, get the gun. That was actually Steven Ooh, Tyler. Steven Tyler. Wow. <laughs> That's where it all started. Yeah, man. And then uh, my nomination for kick to the balls. Is Corey Haim's dad for wearing a full-on chef's outfit while he's barbecuing in the backyard? <laughs> I give it to Gary Busey for basically being Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. And then at six degrees, Terry O'Quinn was in Tombstone with Kurt Russell, who was in Sky High with Bruce Campbell. I love going. Through, I love like, that. Disney movies I think I have that. Sky High, Fargo, and Oh Army of Darkness on one. So that's Shwing. Awesome, cool man. Anything else? I love Corey. In a world fueled by evil, there's one man with a desire for horror. From executive producer Quentin Tarantino and Miley Cyrus comes Ruger Nation. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but most of all, you will never forget this man's face. He'll haunt you forever. Subscribe now at www.youtube.com slash user slash Kruger Nation for horror reviews and other miscellaneous shit.
Yo, we're back! In black! Hit the sack! I don't know what the rest of that song is. I don't even know what song know what you're I talking doing. about. I don't know either. I'm not even going to admit that I was trying to sing a song. <laughs> Get crazy with the back. The gluteus Max. Oh, no, that, was that, that was that. That uh, was the, the rap in uh, Roll the Bones oh, for geez. Rush. Again, Rush dominates. Oh, man. What? Uh, the next movie is, that we're going to be talking about is The Howling. Somewhere in this city, in this human jungle, it begins. Just try. He's right there. What do you see? What's there, Karen? What do you see, Karen? What's there? Somewhere in these woods, in this primal, sensuous, secret place lies an experience too terrifying for words. And now, all anyone can do is watch and wait. Tonight I'm going to show you something. Make you believe. Came out in 1981. IMDb gave it a 6.5. It was directed by Joe Dante. Now I have a problem with Joe Dante. I, mean, right. I like the Gremlins. He talked about the. He, he did the Gremlins. Uh, directed the Gremlins. Uh, can I say Gremlins any more times in like a small amount of time? Anyway, uh, he also directed the Burbs and Piranha, which you know they're all pretty decent. But he directed the shittiest Masters of Horror episodes. So shitty, in fact. I didn't even finish watching it. Cause it Which was one so was it? Homecoming. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it, it, it's all political and in your face, and you know, no. screw you, Joe Dante. No offense to you, but screw you. Well, I, you know, you said that it got a six point five. This movie did. You know, I, that's pro- I, I'd probably give it a six point six. I'm such a dick. Why? <laughs> all right, just go. I'm just joking. Just go. Kiss my <laughs> balls. Um, it was also written by uh, Gary Brander. Uh, he wrote. He, there's actually a, a novel called The Howling. Uh, he wrote it, and uh, John Sales did the screenplay. Uh, the budget was $1 million. Uh, it starred Dee Wallace as Karen White. And by the way, she was pretty hot in her young days. She was, days. yeah. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I f- you forget about that. I mean, I do, just because I see her a lot. For instance, I just saw her in a movie called um, House of the Devil. What, what was it? Some mm. of the, it, was, it came out in 2009. I, came mm. out, I watched it a few nights ago. She was in it. She was old. I mean, she's still like attractive for an old lady, yeah. I guess. But uh, she was really hot back in the day. Um, Patrick McNee as Dr. Wagner. Dennis Dugan as Chris. Uh, Christopher Stone as Bill Willie Neal. I threw in Willie. Uh, Belinda Belaski as uh, Terry Fisher. Uh, John Carradine as uh, Earl Kenton. And Slim Pickens as Sam Newfield. Which one was Slim Pickens? He was the guy that was the old man wandering around, I think. Well, then what about John Carradine? Who, who was that? Was John Carradine was like born in the 30s. No, oh, Slim Pickens. No, I'm sorry. We're going to have to cut all this shit out. Okay. Slim Pickens was the sheriff. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. He was cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, because I assumed that John Carradine was that really he was. old dude. Yeah, you're right. And okay. Slim Pickens was the sheriff. Okay. You know, I'm not cutting any of that out. No, we need to because people are going to kill us for not knowing Slim Pickens. I still don't even know who he is. I just have heard that name before. Who is he? I don't know. <laughs> That's why we're in trouble. <laughs> He's probably some kind of uh, uh, country, mu- country western movie, or I mean music singer, or in western movies. And uh, that's why I've never heard of him. We're going to have 16 voicemails next time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Synopsis. There is a serial killer on the loose. Karen White is the only reporter he communicates with. That's because she's the only reporter that will show up in a CD porno theater to meet him. Oh, yeah. Uh, After a near-fatal encounter with him at an adult video store, she is ordered to take a vacation. Eddie was called by police, but Eddie was caught, killed by police. But Karen doesn't, Eddie, who is the uh, serial killer, uh, but Karen doesn't want to let it go and discovers that he came from a tiny community in the woods, and that's where she decides to vacation with husband Bill. Big mistake, because Eddie was an outcast of a pack of werewolves who was trying to keep a low profile and doesn't want any interviews. Can Karen and Bill escape the village of the wolf? Uh, that's, that's wrong. That's all. That's wrong. That, uh, that's You missed the whole point of the movie, you shitty writer of synopsis. You know, from now on, here's the deal. From now on, we're going we're gonna to bring the names down. And we're going to mock the people who have shitty synopsises from IMDb. I like it. Or what we could do is actually get off our asses and write our own. I'm not going to write my own for that. (laughs) Anyhow, um, did you know, quick factoid here, that this movie and Howling 4, the original Nightmare, are both uh, based off of the, uh, uh, the same novel? I did know that. Yeah, and uh, apparently number... You did? (laughs) I was like, Wow. I thought I was I was thought I was pretty damn smart for huh. that. No, but uh, apparently, uh, the Howling Four is actually a better, uh, closer to the, the the script in the book. But I think that's kind of funny that uh, the original plus the the third sequel was both based off the same book. That's and crazy. And by the way, did you know that um, uh, my favorite Howling's got to be uh, uh, the Howling Two? Your sister is a werewolf because uh, not only is Christopher Lee in it. But there's this really hot blonde lady in it that, like, rips her shirt off and, and her giant boobies bounce out. But I, oh, I just thought that I would mention that really quick. Wow. Um, one other quick note is that uh, Rick Baker was going to do the special effects for this film. But he ended up actually going to do American Werewolf in London, who came out at the same time uh-huh. as this. And so uh, Rob Bottin uh, actually ended up doing the uh, um, effects for this. They actually both... Won some awards for their uh, for their effect work. On yeah, both I was watching uh, Fantastic Flesh uh, that was uh-huh. on, uh, and, and they they talked about this this movie and the thing. I came to you oh, and really? asked you, I'm like, do you have those? Because yeah. they were interviewing, and they said that this was the first time that they'd done like a full werewolf change on like a continuous scene. Are you talking American werewolf? Change? Or no, this? this one. Oh, okay. They said that it was the the first time that it had been done, and it's where the the snout comes out. You know, and they did that on American Werewolf in London. Yeah, too. they did. Uh, they they had to have like mm-hmm. kind of traded some secrets. Yeah, I think or so. stuff like that because it was it was similar. In my opinion, the one in American Werewolf is a bit better, just because I think yeah. it's portrayed as being more painful. And, and well, this uh, one took a long time. It took a long time to get. Like they really took pride in this in yeah. uh, the howling because it was a long transformation, and it also seemed like. The substance that they used for the wolf's skin was uh, just too rubbery in this mm-hmm. as compared to American Werewolf mm-hmm. in London. The other stuff seemed to actually stretch and to keep the stretch shape, whereas this stuff 
uh, just looked like it would bounce back if you know yeah. if, you know anyway it's, but I I still thought it, they were they were great effects. Um, anyway, uh, let's just get into the plot a little bit. We'll bust through this. Uh, Karen, of course, is a news anchor who's being stalked by the serial killer Eddie Quist. Uh, for some reason, he will only talk to her. Do we do we know why? Or is he's that... just stalking her. Yeah, it comes up at the very beginning. They talk about how he's just stalking her. He loves her, seeing her on the news. Okay, but because I didn't, that's kind of what I got from it. And I didn't mm-hmm. really notice if there was anything deeper than that. Well, basically, she teams up with the police to catch him. Uh, she goes to the seedy part of town, which, by the way, um, I don't know if that kind of part of town exists anymore anywhere I've been. But uh, whatever, I hope it does because that's where I'm going to be going on my next vacation. Uh, <laughs> she basically goes into this really bad, dirty, seedy. Uh, adult theater and video store and goes into one of the whack rooms and is basically met by Eddie who's kind of waiting there for her and uh, he has to sit down but doesn't have her turn around is basically has a movie on where um, you know this chick is getting raped and uh, you know, she gets a little freaked out of course uh, Eddie kind of starts talking to her a little bit and then kind of touches her on the shoulders from behind and she starts screaming and of course the cop comes in and and uh, with, without any kind of assessment of the situation, just start guns a-blazing. Uh, Eddie is supposed, supposed uh, shot and killed, supposedly. Karen comes out of it and has no recollection, recollection of the event. Uh, so basically what she decides to do is take some time off. She goes to her therapist, Dr. Wagner. Um, her therapist is, uh, suggests having her and her husband to go visit. Uh, kind of a, what would you call it? Kind of like a... Um, a mental retreat yeah. area that mm-hmm. he has. I, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he. It seems like he owns it. it, it they have like little workshops there. Things I mean, what like do they that. call it? They, they call it the colony. The colony. That's right. And so basically, he says, you know, you should go up here. Only my most special patients uh, are uh, allowed to. You know, I invite up here, and um, because apparently it's just this exclusive place that uh, apparently does wonders for those who are lucky enough to visit. Um, anyways, we show up to the colony, uh, her and Bill, her husband, uh, uh, I, uh, of course, Bill has an awesome mustache. Yeah. You, have, you have to admit. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyhow, so it, they go up to the colony and let's just put it this way. There are a lot of different personalities and, uh, can I say weirdos? Mm-hmm. Uh, like one of them who's my favorite, her name is Marsha. Apparently she's this nymphomaniac, but isn't she scary looking? Yeah, she, like her face is yeah, like, she looks mean, like a dude, like kinda. a dude looking. Yeah, yeah. She, of course, we find out later that she's got a hot bod, but yep. but uh, we get we yeah we get to find out that from. Uh, all right, I just lost my train of thought. What I did we, too. What are we talking I was, about? I was thinking about how she. I think all the blood just went from your brain. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, I knew right there that tipped me off that she was a werewolf because she already had hair. <laughs> That you could just see in a she, crotch. Yeah, she had started the transformation <laughs> very slowly, and and from one <laughs> pinpointed position between her legs. Uh, oh, we are bad. Anyways, um, so meanwhile, back in the city of L.A., uh, Terry and Chris, who work for the same uh, TV company that, uh, or new, uh, sorry, the new show that. Uh, Karen works at are starting to put together a story on Eddie the Mangler. Uh, they show up at his apartment. There's lots of weird art, like uh, lots of we- like hairy-faced women and and all sorts of it just kind of weird there. And of course, all the clippings from newspapers and things like that about his uh, killings and whatnot. Um, and also, he has a a landscape portrait that uh, comes into play a little bit later. 
Or not a portrait. Well, he paints. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You call that a portrait, anyways. Um, anyways, back at the colony. Uh, oh no, sorry. And one, one last thing there is uh, they actually go to the 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 coroner or the mort- mortician's office and whatever. And they, I don't know why, but they want to look at the body. I and I and one thing that kind of jumped out at me is first of all, why would you want to look at Eddie's body if you're just doing this this story on him? Except for you have to move the movie along because apparently his body is gone. Right. And, uh, I mean, I can see it as a, dev- a plot device in the movie, but as far as practical, um, actually wanting to see his body. Listen, I'm not here to point out every, every weirdness, okay? But anyway, I just, that's just food for thought, Sam. I hear you. Well, sometimes, like in the, the we learn in, Amer- in American Werewolf in London, um, sometimes nurses, you know, people just want to check under the sheets to see what's that, there. That is true. So, it's, you know, I, I don't blame them because, so, I mean. So Chris and Terry showed up at the thing just to look at his weighing. Yeah, usually those guys have really long ones from stretching it out. I've heard, <laughs> like I've read that, that, that rubber, The rubber that they have, the yeah. rubber wieners they have because yeah. they have to, uh, uh, during their transformation and yeah. whatnot. So generally, I mean, you know, people want to check that stuff. I think out, that's right? a that's a pretty fair assumption that mm-hmm. we can just write down and and, and think is, of I, as fact. I get people looking at me every time I go to the urinal. People just glance over, like, "What is what is dragging on the floor over there? <laughs> what the hell just hit me in the ankle?" <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I I know what I know what that dude's going through. Nice. All right. All right. That's, get, all right, that's enough. That's awesome. It's all right, so back at the colony, you know, we it, we're introduced to like I said, all of these different characters, and they're all kind of eccentric in their own little way. And we're also introduced to the uh, the sheriff and whatnot. They actually called the sheriff because there were some really strange wolf like noises in the night. And actually, uh, we find out that uh, uh, one night uh, Karen's out there and she finds some uh, mutilated cows. The sheriff is out there trying to figure out what animal is killing these cows and whatever. And so, uh, he, you know, they become kind of a big... Uh, we see the plot move along that way, that there's something out there. In, in a lot of these... In every one of these werewolf movies, it's like uh, one of the main... And, and maybe this, isn't, this is just a given, but one of the main things is, is that there's something out there at night, and they don't know what it is, and you have to capture it and whatnot. And I just, you know, I, I, th- I it, it's kind of freaks me out. I mean, like in real life, let's say that happened. Like you go about your day, but then all of a sudden there's some evidence out there that there's something prowling the night that would scare the shit out of me <laughs> in real life. Anyway, that's, uh, that's, uh, we'll just uh, skip past that because I don't want to talk about what a big puss I am. Anyways, uh, so so actually after the cow hunt, or after the cow mutilation, the dudes of the colony decide to. Um, go out and uh, form kind of their own posse. This is the second movie in a row where there mm-hmm. has been a posse. Um, they go out there and Bill goes with them. And even though Bill doesn't really eat meat, he, he goes out there and he ends up shooting a rabbit. Now, he has no idea what to do with this rabbit after he um, after he kills it. But uh, he, you know, they, they anyway, it's the, the posse goes out there and they don't end up finding the, the wolf or, or whatever has been you know, killing the cows or whatever, but he comes back with this rabbit and ends up talking to Marsha's little brother, who uh, I can't remember his name. T. Uh, he, he basically starts talking to Marsha's little brother. Anyhow, Marsha's or his her little brother's just like, hey, listen, take it to Marsha. You know, she would love to cook that up for you. She loves cooking things, and he's like, what? Are, really? Kind of. That's kind of weird. But he he goes up there anyway. But he, and he already knows she's a nympho. Oh, oh yeah. Duh. What a be- what better cover could you have Absolutely. than having a, a a freaking dead rabbit 
fact, I use that all the time. I bring ladies dead rabbits to try to get in their pants all the time. Not really. But uh, so he goes there, and of course, being the nympho that she is, she, she puts a move on him. Uh, he gets pissed off and leaves. Uh, of course, on the way back, he gets attacked by a beast. We, we, listen, we won't give it away yet what it no. is. All right. No. We won't say it's a werewolf yet. Mm-mm. Anyhow, so uh, Karen, of course, gets uh, fr- freaked out. Bill comes back, and he's all bruised and battered, and he has a bunch of cuts on him. They go to the doctor and whatever. Um, she calls. She actually calls Terry, and uh, so you know, and talks to Terry and Chris. And Terry ends up coming up to the colony. Um, and, and as she's there, she kind of starts poking around into uh, you know some of the uh, I don't know what would files. You some of the files, things like that. Basically, also she finds she she ends up at a place up at the colony where um, she she looks out over this bay, and this bay is the landscape portrait that uh, Eddie painted that the serial killer from the beginning actually painted and so she's starting to make this connection she goes and looks at these files and notices that not only um you know there are there's a connection with that that portrait she actually ends up walking into a cabin into marsh's cabin where uh a lot of the same things that they found in eddie's apartment back in the city are there like like the same kind of portraits um you know things like that, and so then she finds the files and whatnot. But I kind of getting getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, anyways, after the attack, Bill starts acting weird. He starts eating eating uh, a little bit of meat, uh, and that was not an innuendo. <laughs> uh, he turns his wife down for sex, which is why I nominate him for the kick in the ball. Nice dude, because that would freaking never happen. And also, he he turns down the 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 man. I mean, that's okay. He's, he can be a loyal dude. Okay, that's fine. But turn down your wife. Come on, what? Come on. I, I think, that, you know, that's right on. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> one night he actually just kind of takes off and is wandering through the the wilderness and uh, happens upon Marcia, and she happens to have a bonfire there, and they just start doing it. Some kind of, like, beastly ritual that ends up being, like, uh, werewolf sex. Uh, I find her very scary, except for um, when she's buck naked. But anyways, this is good. Thank you, Marsha, for taking your clothes off. And by the way, did you happen to notice as the camera was panning away, you saw, uh, did you notice the silhouette of the two making sweet, sweet werewolf love? Was that when they changed into the werewolf and it <laughs> turned into, like, some weird cartoon? Yes. Yeah, dude, that was solid. That was awesome. Some of the- You know, it's funny because for how good the effects were when they were changing later. Yeah. Because I was going to bust this in the nuts for that. I'm like, are you kidding me? But then the it's rest of the effects. It's just a cartoon. Why did, they, why did they do that when the rest of, you know, they invested in the rest of the effects? And, and the bad thing about it is it was a cartoon and it had, like, a red glow around their profiles, around their whole body profile. But it was, like, in places that the fire light wouldn't hit and all this stuff and it was just really oh, kind it was of terrible. terrible i kind of wish they just cut that out yeah they didn't even need to do it because no. they showed him changing when he's on top yeah, of and both of them were changing i know and it, I, they kind of should have kept that out but whatever um while they're having sex uh, wakes all the it causes all the wolves to howl in the whole uh place and uh, of course it wakes terry and she starts recording some stuff uh anyhow as terry learns that uh you know makes that connection between eddie um, and uh, the colony, you know, she starts, basically, she calls up Chris and starts talking to Chris about it. And Chris, of course, is still back in the city. Um, oh, and the guy's name was T.C. Quist. T.C. T.C. was uh, Marsha's little brother. Um, she gets attacked by T.C. 
as a wolf. Except for I guess we didn't know he was TC at this point. He actually she actually cuts his paw off, and uh, the, it was this was and this is a really good effect in my opinion. It's kind of gross. Mm-hmm. The hand sitting there just kind of yeah. pulsating, and it turns back into a man's hand, and uh, that just makes me extra pissed off at the stupid cartoon. I know so that's what I'm saying because I thought that was fantastic too, and that happened pretty quick after it the did. Other thing, anyways. Uh, so she goes back to Wagner's office and and uh, to use the phone. She she calls Chris, tells Chris about the whole thing. Uh, Chris starts taking up, uh, after this phone call, Chris heads up to the colony, but before then, uh, Terry is killed while she's on the phone uh, by a werewolf who had both hands. Scary. It was Eddie Quist. Uh, what? We find that. We find out later that it's Eddie Quist. Well, on his way up to, uh, up to the colony, Chris actually stops by and buys some silver bullets from uh, this guy who is... Yeah, it runs this kind of a cult shop, and you know he doesn't believe in any of it. But anyways, uh, the, the owner does. But he's like, I got to make a buck anyway. Uh, I thought that I thought that guy was pretty funny. That yeah. guy was I can't remember that guy's name, but he was in. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. He's in you know just uh, especially like small. He was in the. He was in one of my all time favorite movies well, called The Explorers. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. He was the cop in that. I love The Explorers. He was in the Tales from the uh, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, Demon Knight is the old dude. Oh, he was in Gremlins too. Oh yeah. Anyway. So, back at uh, the colony, we'll get through this real quick. Uh, Bill comes back after a crazy, freaky night of werewolf sex. Uh, Karen confronts him because there's a giant scratch on his back. Uh, They kind of get to an argument. Of course, Bill smacks her up because he's got all that werewolf uh, shit running through his veins. Don't tell me my business, devil woman. (laughs) (laughs) Was that on, uh, that was on uh, Happy Gil, or no, uh, Billy Madison? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, One yeah. of those. I think it was Billy Madison. <laughs> uh, so Karen takes off. She actually goes to Wagner's uh, uh, office and finds Terry's body. Um, and there she is confronted by Eddie, Eddie uh, who, who just got done killing Terry or, or did earlier on, and they start to have kind of a conversation. Uh, Eddie's kind of a half werewolf at this point, and he completely, fully changes in front of her. And I think this is what you're talking mm-hmm. about. This is actually where you see the snout grow, and it's uh, you know kind of a long and arduous process. And, and of course, uh, Karen can just sit there with her jaw open. Um, <clears throat> anyway, she escapes by throwing acid on his face, takes off. Um, she tries to find some help as, she, as she's running away. She actually gets picked up by the sheriff. The sheriff takes her to this barn. Where apparently should we keep going? Because this is this is getting towards the end. Yeah, we don't want to give too much away, but well, l- let's just talk about a few more things. Careful of spoilers. Um, the uh, they go to the barn meeting, and apparently this whole colony is set up. Everyone in there is a werewolf, and uh, Doctor Wagner only takes people up there who he thinks will fit in with the colony and uh, will be a, you know and uh, with the intention of turning them into a werewolf now how some of these people actually decided to be these uh, exclusive people uh, you know exclusive patients of his and he uh, those that he chose to bring up to this this colony like how in the hell did um, like TC he, he's just kind of this half handicapped uh, troll looking dude <laughs> doesn't seem like that's exactly the kind of guy you'd want up in uh, in uh, this exclusive club. And it turns out that all the friends that she's made up to that point of the colony are all werewolves. And they're all basically just saying, you should never have brought her up here. She doesn't yeah. want to turn and whatever. But uh, it turns out that Bill has just kind of embraced this whole thing. Right at that point, uh, ah, we'll probably stop there. You think? Let's just stop there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just say Chris shows up and uh, 
some fun stuff happens and uh, the movie's over. But, you know, there's actually a final scene that, in my opinion, was pretty cool. Yeah, it really kind of changed the whole flavor of the show where, yeah. you know, you're watching this thing and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, werewolves and uh-huh. there's a fight and, you know, typical type of ending. But then there's this kind of commentary on things and, uh-huh. and how it goes. And I thought, wow, you know what? That's you know actually, what? We have to spoil I'm going to remember that. I'm we remember we have that. to totally spoil it. Basically, right. Chris shows up. Uh, with the silver bullets, and uh, of course, none of the werewolves believe or are scared of them because they don't think it's silver bullets. He tells them they're silver bullets, shoots a couple to prove it. They lock them all in this. He he, he pushes them back into this barn, threatening to shoot them, and they burn the barn down. Well, Karen goes back. Karen and Chris go back, and they decide to. Uh, what they're going to do is to expose everything that's going on uh, live on the air of this newscast. And uh, the way to do it is that since uh, there was a point where Bill actually scratched or got a hold of Karen, and uh, so she was actually a werewolf, so she turns into a werewolf live on air, except for I don't really get it because she didn't really turn into a werewolf. She kind of turned into a cute little fuzzy teddy bear. Yeah, it was like an Ewok or something. (laughs) Exactly. uh, I mean, I would have freaking put that up on my lap and stroked it. Wow. Anyway, (laughs) that's all we'll say about that, apparently. Anyhow, the, the story ends that Chris shoots her and uh, kills her, and nobody watching believe. They think it's all just special effects. And, yeah. whatnot. and we're also led to believe that Marsha, the, uh, the kind of hot from the neck, or the really hot from neck down, uh, nymphomaniac has escaped and is on the prowl. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that is the plot. Quick plot synopsis. That was maybe not as quick as uh, <laughs> I would have hoped, but uh, what'd you think? Uh, you know, I. I, I like this movie. Again, you know, you're talking about a pretty inter- interesting story. It was a little bit slow for me from the beginning. Uh-huh. You know, the, you, you come in the middle of this sting operation where they're trying to catch this pervert dude. Right. It, you know, it's it, it's kind of off-putting. For yeah. That to be the first. You know, it's just kind of like. Uh, yeah, it's like, what's going on? But then, but then it just slows way down mm-hmm. from there. In fact, I noticed that the first time you see a werewolf killing or something, like that, that was actually exactly halfway through the movie. Really? Mm-hmm. How about that? Um, so, you know, other than that, though, you know, it comes together in the end, and it all makes sense and, and things like that, but uh, as far as the journey goes, a little bit slow, but I, I still liked it. I thought the special effects were good. I thought the violence got a lot better Yes. towards the end, and, uh, you know, people getting clawed and eaten and stuff like that, which, if you're going to do a werewolf movie, you've got to have that stuff in it. That's part of the... Agreed. That's why you oh, you got to have it. So, I was... 30, I, 45 minutes in. But. I was tweeting today about, you know, kind of watching these movies. And I got, there was, there were some people that were just saying that they just don't like the howling. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I understand. I can see why you don't like it. I, on the other hand, I thought, I didn't think it was freaking awesome, but I did like it. I mean, yeah. it was very, in my opinion, it was entertaining. And like, and like you said, the special effects were, were, um, definitely, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for the, the whole cartoon thing, like yeah. we mentioned. But, uh, you know, the funny, the thing is, is, these werewolf movies are all kind of from the same era. Both the last two, like the Howling and American Werewolf, are both from '81, mm-hmm. and um, what was it? The Silver Bullet was from '85, and they all kind of had to rely on these practical effects. Yeah. And these were freaking great. Yeah. I, I mean, I mentioned that the, the the Silver Bullet one wasn't as good as the other two. It did kind of look like I don't know some kind of weird skinny necked bear thing. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that. I, what what if so? Have, I mean, there have been plenty of werewolf movies that come out since then, right? I mean, how, how I can't think of it. I can think of Cursed, Ginger Snaps. Oh well, oh that's right. You know what, Ginger Snaps. That had a weird 
werewolf. There was no hair. You know, the thing is, is with Ginger Snaps, I almost don't see that as a werewolf movie. I mean, I do, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's a werewolf. But that seems to me to be much more than just a well, werewolf yeah. movie. Right, right. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't. I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I guess like we could put. It's obviously. Well, well they have the wolf. The wolf man coming out. Yeah, they do. Which looks really good. I think. It I looks think good. that. I think it looks great too. Yeah, I so can't. Maybe we're coming around to another round of werewolf movies. Well, you my, know, they my come point and they go. is, is that back when these, I think the effects have a lot to do with how much I enjoyed these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't like. For instance, did you see the cursed with? Um, it was a Wes Craven produced type of deal, mm-hmm. and it was what, what was Wednesday Adams's name again? I can't remember her name. Oh, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. She was in it. You mm-hmm. know, it was. And Shannon Elizabeth was actually in it for mm-hmm. kind of a short time, and it was it was PG thirteen. It wasn't that good. Yeah. It, I mean, I I watched it the first time. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't that good. But uh, it you just didn't seem to have Jack the Jack Nicholson. Oh well, that was okay too. But the the, the effects on that weren't nearly as as. Uh, What's the word? They weren't as intense as this because yeah. Jack kind of turned into a, just a hairy dude, yeah, and with with long teeth, which was cool. Don't look so scared, right? I mean, but uh, it, these seem to really go the extra mile, especially these last two movies with um, with these effects. And I think that that saves a, a lot of the shortcomings of this film, mm-hmm. in in my opinion. Um, so I I just don't think you. It's funny that we didn't intend to do this, but they all these movies are right in that little four yeah. year period. Yep. How, how about that? Yep. We could have chosen. I mean, there there. This is not well, to say two that of them these came are out really at the same time, right? It's not to say that there aren't any other good ones, obviously. But it's just it's just off the top of my head. These are the first three I mentioned because you, you even now we have uh, in the last ten years, Dog Soldiers has come out, uh, which which has really good special effects, where social things and a lot of. Um, practical special effects too. Anyways, mm-hmm. not to quit rambling on that, because I think that I do think that uh, this was kind of a, a good time for. Uh, I don't I don't know if it was a time or if it just is a coincidence that all these awesome special effects are going on. Anyhow, um, I'll give this one a buy too. You know, I, I I really liked it. I don't think it's quite a bone saw for some of the for some of. I mean, the story was good. The just like you said, the pacing wasn't excellent. The, but uh, I think it really picked up and ended really well. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I give it a buy as well. I, I think it's one of those that I would watch again. Yeah, me too. Um, and and check it out. You know, probably halfway through. <laughs> I don't need to see the build up and the mystery going on, but uh-huh. I would definitely check this out again. Um, yeah. So on this, the memory count was eight. Wow, that, that you know what that seems low for how much awesome booby you saw. Yeah, man, Freaking sweet. <laughs> you, you know what? Uh, I guess it was just hers though. Oh, and I guess you didn't include the porno movie ones. I did. Oh, you did. That's yeah, did. eight with that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then what did I learn? A man wants his rabbit cooked now. Damn it! <laughs> he was pissed when he didn't get that rabbit. Uh, the Watchmen and Werewolves used the same symbol. That was the, oh yeah, the uh, the, the smiley, smiley face. face. And listen, don't cheat on your wife. If you cheat on your wife, don't do it with a werewolf. If you do it with a werewolf, have her cut her damn nails. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's advice that, that I think everybody needs yeah, to take into right. their daily life, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, who else said that? Look at this. All the balls on my side of the court again. That's a basketball hoop at a WNBA game. <laughs> you know what? I, I, know. I need to commend you. <laughs> Although that joke sucked. Huh? A balls. You said balls and didn't make a testicle joke. Yeah, didn't you like that? Congratulations. Kind of, kind of. I mean, I, I, it is a testicle joke because I'm implying that all WNBA players actually have balls. 
I missed out on the yeah. joke. I take all that back. Yeah, so I, I take all that, that back. <laughs> I have a kick to the balls for the cops for just shooting through a door when there's a woman screaming in there yes. at a porno place. Yes. <laughs> you know what? My kick in the balls. You know what? That, that was right in the beginning. It pissed me off. Anyways, uh, my kick in the balls nominee goes to Bill for one moment turning down his hot wife. And the next moment, going to make love to Man Bear Pig. Nice, dude. For what? That woman's face was not attractive, okay? Oh, and then I had a second one, too. Uh, another uh, kick to the balls for the um, special effects people for pulling archive footage of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like, I know, dude. dude. So there like you from go. From that like fifties cartoon yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yep. No, that that's right. that's really good. Six degrees. D. Wallace was in. Uh, you're gonna love this. You're gonna freaking love this, dude. Nice. D. Wallace was a voice in the haunted world of El Super Bisto. No way. <laughs> with Bill Mosley, who is an army of darkness with Bruce Campbell. Oh, that kicks. <laughs> That that is freaking awesome. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. <laughs> you know she's been in. She's kind of one of those. Uh, well, she's got a horror a, people. She's nowadays. got a good voice too. Oh, she she's does. got that you know kind of sustaining. Oh, she not was grading. smoking back then. Yeah. I mean, dang. Anyway. Yeah, buddy. Hello, this is Ferguson, the very important message. It's come to our attention that demons are being exercised at an alarming rate. It used to be that demons ran rampant. Demonic possession was as common as anal warts, but anal exorcisms are all the rage these days. Please, help the cadaver tracks. For less than the price of a cup of anal coffee, we can keep a demon inside of a young girl or boy's body. Just think of the great experiences that child could have speaking in tongues, masturbating with a cross, levitating, murder, public urination. Please, help these children. View the movie from dusk till dawn and record a cadaver tracks. That is, record an audio file of yourself watching the movie. Make fun of it if you want. Do whatever you need to. But help these demons. Stand up. We're running out of time. Help these demons to find a place. Perdition isn't what it used to be. Send your audio files to Ferguson at cadaverlab.com. Cadaver tracks is taking a stand against demonic exorcism. We want these demons to have a place other than limbo, a young boy or girl's body they can call home. With every cadaver track submission, we're that much closer to helping demons to become a part of our world and bring about the anal apocalypse. Cadaver tracks, sponsor a demon today.
right, we are back to talk about one last werewolf movie of the night. Uh, the title is American Werewolf in London. This is the story of two young American students traveling through England on the night of the full moon. Did you hear that? I heard that. What was it? It could be a lot of things. Fate let one live. A lunatic must have been a very fierce fellow. Wasn't a lunatic. What? A wolf. Oh, be serious, would you? And now everything is changing. 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 John Landis, the brilliant young director of Animal House and the Blues Brothers, has turned a classic tale of terror into something new. Something different. Excuse me. A naked American man stole my balloon. I'm a werewolf. An American werewolf in London. Something different. Came out in nineteen eighty one. IMDB gave it a seven point five. It was uh, directed by John Landis, who we all know uh, did a couple of great Fear Itself, or did some Fear Itself episodes, Masters of Horror. Uh, actually, he directed Three Amigos, Animal House, uh, Spies Like Us, and Kentucky Fried Movie. You've ever seen that? You were the one I watched out of your house. You, we <laughs> rented one time. Like, yeah, you're like, well, you got to see this. That was a great Catholic schoolgirls yeah, in dude. trouble. Oh, that was an awesome <laughs> show. Anyway, it's funny that. Uh, he also did some other things like Innocent Blood. He did Thriller and some other Michael Jackson videos. But um, it's funny that he did so much comedy because uh, he seems like, like on some interviews that I've seen him on, he seems like a comedy director guy. I mean, he's always got a big giant smile on his face. He's always kind of joking around. But uh, this was actually one of the first movies, really, uh, at least that's what the um, some of the commentary said on this uh, video, to uh, put in horror with comedy. Yeah, I was going to say there were some funny little parts in it that I was like, what? It, yeah, it, but, it looked a little bit out of place. Well, and, but the thing is, for, first of all, this wasn't like a well-tread-on uh, uh, technique to, to you know mix the mm-hmm. two. However, I think, it, I, I think it's, it, it actually got panned a lot by critics because they're like, well, it doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah, right. it, 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 was it trying to go to be com- comedic or was he trying to be... Uh, trying to create a horror movie. The thing is, is I guess people just weren't because uh, now it's commonplace. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of my favorite horror movies are, I guess, what you would call uh, horror comedies. Well, and, and if they if they built off this one as to, to make it good, but I, I kind of you know I would side on the the same side as the critics because this one got dark and heavy real quick. I thought right at the end. No, and, okay. And so, and the way that it ended, I'm like, what the hell was that? Because I enjoyed the journey again. Uh-huh. But I just, for how it ended, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I, all that stuff wasn't supposed to be funny because this just ended shitty. You, man. But because uh, I actually liked the ending. I actually, because I, I, I thought, you know, it's, it, like you said, it's very abrupt. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how else would you do it? I don't know what would be better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't expect that. Uh, 
you know, I'm, you can say, oh, what would you do if you you can't think of something better? Yeah, but it's not my freaking job to to think of something better mm-hmm. for a movie. But the thing is, is I don't know. I thought I thought it was good, and I I didn't have any problem with the mixing of the humor. I I I didn't think it was out of place. I think it was more real uh, because just because of what of the seeming uh, of what the what the two dudes what their personality seemed like. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, they were two jackasses, you know, walking around just like, uh, I mean, if you and I were mm-hmm. doing that, we would be jackasses too, trying yeah. to just be idiots. Yeah. And uh, I think the same kind of thing happens. Anyway, uh, um, let's just, uh, let's see. Um, the budget was $10 million, a gross $30 million. Uh, starring David Naughton is David Nessler, uh, Jenny Agater as uh, Nurse Alex Prince. And, by the way... Um, did you think that she looked like kind of a prettier uh, what's what's her name Maggie Gyllenhaal? Yeah, now that you say that, yeah, see Maggie Gyllenhaal, like, like prettier though. Yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal, she looks a lot like uh, Katie Holmes. You think? Except for like the only more, the only reason ugly. you say the only reason you say that is because she took over Katie Holmes's. Uh, well, she did. Thing but in, uh, it was Dark like Katie Night. Holmes had been an abused housewife for ten years, and then she had healed <laughs> up, and then that's what you get with Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think I think Maggie Gyllenhaal and. Uh, and uh, Jenny Agutter shared the same smile. I think yeah, that and that's what it seems like. That could be. Anyway. Because Maggie Gyllenhaal. I, th- I definitely think Jenny. Take a 90 year old uh, skinny man's ass and throw that up next to her face, and it's the same thing. <laughs> I, 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 wow. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal is ugly. The, well, that, that, the thing is, is I, don't, I don't think she's ugly, but I definitely don't like think she's like totally uber attractive. She's ugly. But dude. the thing is, is but this girl was, I, this girl was, was, pretty, was pretty cute. Yeah, she was cute. And pretty. they kind of looked the same. It's amazing how, like, yeah, that's how, how the, like, the, the, on the scale, how much difference mm-hmm. there could be on the hotness scale. It's just subtle differences. They look at like each other. A little curve here, maybe a little bit more makeup. A little less uh, assed face. Not as big of, yeah, cheeks. Yeah, she just looked like a droopy from that. Yeah, car, yeah. okay. Maggie Gillen. Millie. And she's she's the sister of uh, the other. Jake. The uh, the other half of the cowboy gay guys. That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. It goes full circle. It does go full circle. Because he was the other, the Joker, which the movie she was That's in. That's right. Dude, the eyes. You just solved the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> he slammed the Joker, and then she's trying to kill him in the. Uh, yep. Nice. <clears throat> um, let's see. Makeup and effects. Uh, we we didn't like I mentioned before. Rick Baker did the uh, effects for this. He did uh, tons of stuff. Hellboy, Escape from L.A., Body Bags. Uh, he did the Cantina scene in Star Wars, uh, mm. King Kong, nineteen seventy six. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, synopsis, two American students are on a walking tour of England and are attacked by a werewolf. One is killed, the other is mauled. The werewolf is killed but reverts to its human form and the townspeople are able to deny its existence. The surviving student begins to have nightmares of hunting on four feet at first but then finds that his friend and other recent victims appear to him demanding that he find a way to die and release them from their curse, being trapped between worlds because of their unnatural death. Anyhow... Uh, do you, do you have anything to say before we go into the, the to the plot? No, let's do it. Uh, well, first of all, let's mention a couple of things. Uh, the studio executives actually wanted John Landis to cast Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, really, uh, in this movie, but um, John Landis refused. I I think that would have been okay. Well, then he would have known for sure this was supposed to be funny. Well, but this, I mean, was it that freaking? I mean, it was pretty obvious when the first scene of the movie, these two dudes hop out of the, this truck where they've been sharing with these uh, hot ladies. Yeah. I mean, sheep, hot right. ladies of the uh, country. 
But, um, you know, and, they're, and you're just kind of joking around, making comments, things like that. I mean, I think it was fairly obvious that this was going to... See, I didn't know. Light, and it was I, I, I didn't know anything about this, and so I was confused during... Honestly. Really? Yeah, I just... I mean, there were some funny things going on, but uh-huh. I just I couldn't figure it out. Okay. But I, on that same note, I guess this is probably the appropriate place to play that. I saw a couple of uh, little cameos with some guys that have had bigger roles in, in other movies. Like, like the, the dart player guy. Yeah. He, he's like a bigwig in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's been in a whole bunch of other movies, too. Is he? Yeah. He played the Elephant Man, I think, in the oh, Elephant okay. Man. And then the, uh, you only get a side view, but I could tell by the voice and just the side view of the taxi driver yeah. there towards the end. That was Bricktop on Snatch. I don't even remember Bricktop. Oh, dude. Oh, you mean when he's like, oh, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Yeah, that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's he's Bricktop on Snatch, I, which I, is the old, he's like an older guy with these big, huge glasses, and he talks with a big Cockney accent. Anyways. By, I, by the way, I can't believe you mentioned people who are in this, but you didn't mention the main guy out of them all. Who? I can't. Dang it, I cannot believe I can't remember his name. But the guy who does uh, the voices for Fozzie and Kermit. Oh, Frank Oz. Frank Oz yeah, was the right. embassy guy in right. this. Anyways, uh, of course you would know that. I mean, Well, I saw that after when I was doing the Six Degrees. I'm like, are you kidding me? Frank Oz was in that? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what were you like? Yeah, Frank Oz was in that. Okay, Sorry to make fun of your... Hey, uh, Frank Oz is in that? Just kidding. <laughs> okay, so like like we said, two American students, uh, David Kessler and Jack Goodman, are taking a summer vacation to Europe. Uh, it's kind of funny in the beginning because uh, I think uh, Jack's a little bit bummed to be there in England because he'd rather be in Rome where all the hot chicks are, stuff like that. Uh, you know, they're hiking the moors, joking around with each other. Um, they decide to stop at a pub called the Slaughtered Lamb. Um, the patrons, of course, there are you know probably a pretty tight uh, local bunch. And again, they, it's all the dudes in the town probably are, are just kind of sitting there staying to drink. Um, but they are don't really seem very welcoming to these two guys. Um, Jack notices a pentagram in the candle in, in candles up on this wall, and uh, basically just you know at a quote unquote opportune moment. Uh, he he brings it up to some of the locals there, and the locals just kind of, you know, they get really cold. They Kick all, him out. Yeah, they, and they, yeah, they basically say, "Get out of here! You're not welcome here." Um, you know, when uh, it's funny because even the bartender lady, the winch, I don't think she's a winch. She probably kicked me in the balls for calling her a winch, but she's like, "You can't let them go." You know, it's it's rainy, it's cold, and uh, there's a full moon, and you know, all sorts of crap like that. Anyways, they take off and just start down the road, and they start hearing this terrible howling. I mean, this was this was like uh, blood curdling mm-hmm. screams. I mean, it was pretty bad stuff. This was the, the I thought this was the best howl. I of oh, all three movies. I completely agree. I thought with this you. was great. They did a good job. I, with that. I think I read what it was is they mixed the the noise of the howl of a wolf with like elephant noises and things like that. Oh, it was. Re- I mean, it, huh. very subtly because yeah, you right. couldn't sit there and listen and hear that's an elephant. No, but it was it grated on you. You're just like, wow. Yeah. It, it was. It was loud and it was just piercing. Even just watching it, mm-hmm. and so they're like, well, crap. They decide to head back to the slaughtered lamb because uh, they'd rather deal with some uh, dopey British locals as opposed to getting killed by some mean beast out on the moors. Uh, except for on the way back, um, they're attacked by this giant werewolf. And, what, and this part was hilarious to me because uh, Jack starts getting mauled and David takes off like a big puss. That's I, He gets my kick to the balls for that. <laughs> yeah, dude. But that was I like, nominated him It's for like that. his fight or flight reaction was like so quick that he's already like a quarter mile down the road. But, th- you know, he says, oh, shit. 
And then, uh, but you know, I guess he gets his senses a little bit later. He catches his wits and uh, starts to go back to try to help Jack. Well, first of all, I mean, this has been a good 10, 15 seconds, and uh, this giant beast is just tearing through Jack. But he gets back just in time to get uh, slashed across the face uh, by a paw. When all of a sudden the locals from the slaughtered lamb come and they kill the werewolf, of course, the werewolf turns back into his human form. Anyhow, uh, he, David wakes up, what, three weeks later in a hospital in London. And uh, the, basically a guy comes in, uh, you know, the doctor's talking to him, asking him what's going on. The, the cops show up and they tell him that Jack has, has been killed. Uh, at this point, uh, we're introduced to Nurse Alex, and uh, who, who's, who we were talking about, who's decently hot and luckily enough for us, we get to see her boobies. Uh, this Nurse, and um, we also are introduced to Dr. Hirsch, which is the doctor working on his case. Um, all of a sudden, David, you know, it, it, a few days pass. He's, you know, he's still recovering, and you know, they build the character of Alex, and uh, you know, some in, in their relationship starts to build a little bit. Um, all of a sudden, David starts to see what he thinks are hallucinations of Jack. And uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is where Jack shows up to him in the hospital. And freaking Jack looks like he got jacked up. Yeah. I mean, sorry for the pun or whatever. But, I mean, he's got, like, flesh hanging off of his face and it's wiggling and it's, like, glistening and dirty or, or wet and just gleaming it. I mean, totally gross. And here he is just having kind of this casual conversation, you know, cracking jokes, things like that. turns out that uh, kind of the lore of the werewolf is that every victim of a werewolf who dies is stuck in limbo in, in uh, is cursed to walk the earth until the bloodline of the uh, werewolf that killed him is severed. And the the obviously it's the the bloodline is is uh, through spreading the werewolf I guess uh, curse from person to person, and uh, David happens to be the last in the line of this particular werewolf. Uh, so Jack is there saying, "Listen, you need to kill yourself. You know, you just you just need to kill yourself, and then we'll all be happy. I'll be able to, you know, uh, I'm I'm freaking lonely here. Have you ever talked to dead people? That's boring, you know, type of fun stuff." Um, but of course, uh, he brings it up to the nurse and the doctor and they just kind of blow it off is, uh, he just got through a traumatic experience and, um, you know, Dave, or, uh, yeah, David actually kind of buys into that. Um, he also starts to have these nightmares, which were some of the coolest yeah. like, fleshed out nightmares bizarre. in any movie. I've, yeah. Really bizarre. Uh, for instance, what were some of the nightmares? Um, well, th- there's some kids watching the Muppet Show, and then yep. somebody comes to the door, and it's like these aliens with dressed in military. Dude, gear. they're they're Nazi werewolves. Is that what those were? Yeah. Oh. And it, it was. It was. I think this was. Or this was his his home, and this these were his parents and his little brother and mm. sister. And these people or these uh, Nazi werewolves show up and just kind of shoot up the place, mm. and you know the fire starts in the house. My favorite one, and, and this is kind of an iconic. Uh, visual from this movie is where he has one where he is in this uh, um, uh, hospital bed out in the middle of the forest and uh, mm. you kind of the, the camera kind of pans towards him and and uh, all of a sudden you see him and he's kind of somewhere in uh, he's just got this like beastly face yeah and, that was creepy yeah it was just kind of a, that's kind of one of the iconic uh, uh, freeze frames I guess you can you can say from uh, from this movie anyway um Basically, he you know he's there in the hospital for a while, uh, but he's getting ready to be released. Uh, Nurse Alex asks him if he has anywhere to stay in uh, 
in uh, London. And he, of course, doesn't have any place, so she invites him over to uh, her place. And uh, Bow chicka wow. <laughs> well, the funny, it's kind of funny and awkward the way that whole thing turned out because David's like, you know what? There, there's only one bed. She says, I've got to be honest with you. I've had seven lovers in my yeah. life. And three were one-night stands. And the other three stuck hard-boiled eggs up my asshole. All right, I threw in that last part. I was going to say, I don't remember that line. <laughs> no, but uh, no, she, she just kind of goes into her whole... Th- this is neither here nor there a part of the story. But uh, I just thought it was kind of awkward to go into your sexual history. I don't make it a point to bring home young American strangers. But uh, whatever. They get it on, just like Sam so eloquently put. Uh, after after they get it on, David goes out. He thinks he hears something in the main room. He goes out there, and of course there is uh, his friend Jack again. Of course, it's been a few days, so he is looking more decomposed. And uh, they basically talk that you know say the same thing. Say, hey, listen, Jack says to David, listen, the full moon is tomorrow, and if you don't kill yourself now, you are going to turn into a werewolf, and you are going to kill other people. And, uh, of course, they just kind of chalk it up to another hallucination. Um, and uh, the next day, uh, David is just home alone in the apartment while uh, Alex goes back to work. And this is when the uh, transformation scene starts. And this is probably one of the most fantastic werewolf transformation scenes that I have ever seen. I mean, it, uh, I mean describe it. It looks like it was very painful. I don't, it's hard to explain it with, with any type of... Uh, doing justice to it's it. it's like what the the clip that spooky bill gave yeah i mean i had never thought of it that way but like organs shutting down and being uh-huh. drawn through it with full awareness of what's going on i thought the you know if you just think about that while he's going through it it's very accurate right oh absolutely and i mean there were crackling noises everything just seemed so painful he was he he was all hot he said he was on fire anyway so he he basically takes off as a werewolf on two, in one night and uh, kind of a killing spree. He goes around, and we, we only see a couple of the uh, of the deaths that happen, but uh, the next morning he wakes up in the zoo in the wolf's pen. And, uh, of course, he's naked. And the funny thing is, is, so we go through this whole transformation scene and through this killing scene, and when he wakes up, it's kind of like it's bright, it's light of day, and it's another comedy type of scene because hmm. he tries to get home, you know, he, he hides in this bush and he tries to talk this little British kid into giving him his balloons so he can hide his junk in one. Yeah. By the way, by the way, he doesn't hide his junk well enough because there's definitely some junk alerts. Oh yeah. But um, uh, I mean, there's even lines where the kid goes back and goes, "Some some American man naked American some man. naked American man stole my balloons or something yeah. like that." It was pretty funny. Um, you know, he runs into an old lady and he's buck naked, and the lady just kind of looks at him and huffs and whatever. Anyway. Um, so he's freaked out. Obviously, he has he, he's starting to believe what's going on. In the meantime, uh, Dr. Hirsch actually goes back and visits the spot where the original attack happened. He, talk, he tries to talk to some of the locals into telling them what happened exactly because it, 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 the story between these locals and the story that David told are so much different that there's just a lot of suspicion that's raised. Um, Nobody will talk to him until he starts to leave, and then uh, the guy that you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the dart thrower, the dart thrower, yeah. he he kind of catches him and, and, and starts to talk, and, and you know, of course, uh, the guy, the 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 main kind of local who kind of looks like um, Doug Bradley with mm. plus fifty pounds mm-hmm. or something, but he was, he he tells him shut up, you know, you've said enough. And so basically that was enough for the doctor to say, you know what, some shit's going on. I doubt it's really this uh, werewolf thing going on, but it's something. 
you know, so he goes back and he gets a hold of Alex and said, listen, we need to get David back here. You know, we need to figure something out because there is something going on. Uh, regardless of what it is, it's dangerous and we need to uh, take care of it. Um, anyhow, da- uh, David goes, it, it kind of disappears, kind of walks around and he sees Jack outside of, uh, of course, in another adult adult theater. And he, he gets in the back and starts sitting there. And uh, this time Jack brings along uh, the... Uh, displaced spirits of the uh, basically the victims of the night before, and this is a, this is my favorite scene I think in the whole movie because here they are they're talking and of course uh, Jack is decomposed to the point where he's like this animatronic guy, yeah. and uh, they're all just talking all cheery like about how to how he needs to kill himself and David is like thinking you know what I do need to do this you know unfortunately he doesn't get the chance he changes too soon in the back of the theater um you know he, he kind of goes out on uh, another killing rampage uh but this was one of the this was a great scene because it was right in the middle of piccadilly circus and i mean there it, it, he was causing all sorts of havoc cars were crashing people were dying mass hysteria you yeah. know all, all sorts of great stuff uh spoiler and just like Sam said, in, after that scene, it's a, you know it's a pretty long scene. I mean, it's, yeah, it's violent. It's a lot. I mean, it was it, good. It's a great scene, but it kind of ends pretty abruptly by them cornering David in a uh, in an alley. Uh, Alex shows up and tries to, and starts sit, telling David as a werewolf that that she loves him, and uh, he makes a move to lunge at her, and of course they shoot him up, and uh, that's the movie. Credits roll. You know, and it was interesting because of the towards the beginning of the movie, they make a comment that I th- he goes, I think that someone that you're in love with or someone who loves you has to kill a werewolf right. or something uh-huh. like that. And I thought that's what was going to happen. I kept waiting for oh, that because uh-huh. I th- when she walked up on him, I thought, okay, he's going to like roll over on his back and she's going to have to stab him or something. I mean, I don't know what it was going to be, but uh-huh. and it didn't happen that way. Again, cops behind her in an alley open fire when, of course, you know you want to try and save her, but they open fire on him. Um, well, I think that if they wouldn't have fired on him, he would have actually killed. Oh, he would have. Yeah. yeah, he would have. I mean, they needed to do it. But, you know, this, this it was really good all the way around. Good story. I thought, you know, the jokes were, were pretty funny. Again, I if I would have known that, that they were kind of going for funny, I uh-huh. think I, I need to go watch it again because I think yeah. I'll catch more. Now that I know that that was, a, it was a, it, it's almost like now I know it's acceptable behavior. <laughs> At first, I'm like, okay, there's a couple of jokes in here, but they're, they're kind of out of place, inappropriate, uh-huh. you know, for for what's going on here because it's supposed to be scary. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to go check it out. But you know, overall, I I really liked it. No, it was good. This is definitely my favorite out of the three we talked about today. Um, Rick Baker won the first Academy Award for um, makeup special effects in this, and it was actually 1981 was the first year that it even existed. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure if it, exi- it it came to exist because of this movie. I doubt it. But anyway, you know, whatever. Um, the, the effects were great. I the, the characters were very likable in this. I didn't think this really lagged at all. Uh, am, I, am I trying to think? I mean, there was there was uh, slower parts than others, but I don't think it had like the big low kind of like the howling did a little bit. But uh, anyways, I actually give this one a bone saw. Nice, and I'll give this a buy. And uh, you know that the funny thing is, is um, like I talked about, maybe if I were to go back and watch it again, knowing <laughs> what we talked about and kind of where the background story is, I, I may change that. But as of right now, I'll give it a buy. Still good awesome though, good really good, Absolutely. really good. Absolutely. The memory count on this was ten, and the junk alert was two. <laughs> well, it was cold in the in the uh, in the British uh, moors, and so I would think it's actually one. Uh, you saw two of them, but uh, it was really cold, so uh, it actually equaled one. Okay, All no, right. nothing. No, I actually I was I was listening to the 
the commentary on this too, just for a little uh-huh. while before you showed up. And he's like, I just want to remind everybody that it was cold oh. out there. <laughs> uh, good stuff. And then what did I learn? Nurses check out patients junk just for fun. Uh, I'll just see if they're Jewish. Yeah. Well, I guess. Uh, I also learned how much I missed the Muppet show. That show kicked so much ass. <laughs> um, telling a chick that you're a werewolf gets you laid. Yes. And in case of divorce, type up my sexual resume for disbursement. <laughs> All right. So now here's a who else said that, and I really had a hard time coming up with something. So you know what? If you're listening to this and you want to call in and give us a, a, a an answer for this, that would be great. Uh, you know what? Tell you what. The best one that comes up with a who else said this will send out a DVD. Oh, I like that. Yeah, let's, let's do, that. do that. Okay, so the who else said that is, but if you put it in your mouth, you'd be sure not to miss. I couldn't think of anything for Okay, that. so email it to sam at cadaverlab.com, and he will choose a winner. Yeah. We will mention it on the next show, and uh, we'll send you out a DVD. I mean, I could have put in a phallic, phallic reference. Or stuff well, you're, like that. you're over that. But I, I'm not going to. I mean, that's just, you know, it's too easy. So, <laughs> so come up with something clever, and we'll send that out. Kick to the balls for uh, David for running away from Jack when he's getting eaten. Nice. Perfect. I give it to uh, the fat Doug Bradley because uh, he's a fat Doug Bradley and he's kind of a dick. I, I had a hard time coming up with a real kick the balls. But yeah, these were hard. Like I couldn't think of, you know, they, they were good enough that I couldn't really go Right. They all, they all played their parts really well. Uh-huh. You know, I think they all did a good job. One thing I wanted to mention about the special effects for the – um, the werewolf is when it was in full four-legged werewolf mode. I found it interesting. I was watching a, a documentary on this. They actually, what Rick Baker did is, uh, you know, the wheelbarrow races. Yeah, he kind of got the idea from a wheelbarrow race. They actually created a the the wolf thing, the the the, the wolf body. They put the actor on like a plank, or uh, like a board face first and his arms were the front two legs whereas the back of it was actually a contraption hooked up and they like there were people behind him running him around oh really and so you'll notice that um that uh, some of the scenes uh, that, that you'll never see like the tail or the butt of, mm. of the of the werewolf itself when it's in off uh, you know in completely turn mode but i thought that was pretty interesting that it is was, interesting it was funny because I, on the dvd or on the um uh, documentary i was watching rick baker was like he was hoping that it was going to be a bipedal uh mon- or werewolf or whatever because that would be easy to do as mm-hmm. compared to a you know he's like how can i make a uh, you know a quadruped look really scary but real at the same yeah. time and so they came up with that idea which i think is pretty clever yeah I mean, that that's is pretty good that that's, is, that's, that's cool good. it turned Anyways, out well i just thought that was uh, kind of an interesting fact and then, uh, so I've got a six degrees. Alan Ford was in Snatch with Brad Pitt, who was in Burn After Reading with Francis McDormand, who was in Fargo. Bruce Burn, Campbell. Nice. Burn After Reading. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I did see that. Did you see when... Uh, when uh, Brad Pitt gets Brad- shot. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, told that, me that. That is the greatest yeah. scene. Yeah. Uh, that was hilarious. Um, all right. So I guess that's all we've got on werewolves. Yeah, it was a good topic. Uh, that was a great topic. Three awesome movies. Do we know what we're doing next week? Our next well, we talked about we we still have the rest of uh, the Friday the Thirteenth and uh, and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But you mentioned a, a movie that you wanted yeah. to do like a ghost. Yeah. So then I thought you know why I watched. You, this. Why don't you pick the movies for this one? Okay, let's do. We'll do that. So we'll do a we'll do a ghost episode. And if you have uh, if you have any suggestions, we're going to do a, a movie called Recycle, which is a I think it's Chinese. Um, but man, I watched that and it was really good. Really okay. It was really good. So I've seen it. I really like that one. And then. Um, 
was thinking about the abandoned, but well, I'll, you know what? Just send send some suggestions. We'll take a look and see uh, about uh, just ghost some movies. Yeah, ghost yeah. ghost movies. Cool. So I'm not we're not doing ghost. I'm not doing freaking Patrick Swayze stuff. So don't even. What are you saying about that. about Patrick Swayze, dude? That I'm just not. I mean, Roadhouse. Listen, he was in Roadhouse. I know he's in Roadhouse, but I only I told you I was only going to do the uh, ceramic scene with you once. <laughs> And so I don't want to bring that up because you'd you know, be tempted to went, make me do it again. It went way too fast. In I, <laughs> I, it was just uh, the greatest moment of my life. Uh-huh. Anyways, we appreciate everybody for calling in, uh, for sending in all the emails and the feedback, especially the voicemails. Um, really appreciate it. Also, remember to uh, record your cadaver tracks. Yeah. Uh, save uh, a demon. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. Um, December 19th, record your commentary to Dust Till Dawn by December 19th and send it into Ferguson at cadaverlab.com. Uh, voicemail line is 206-339-2730. That is 206-339-2730. Obviously, you can get a hold of me or Sam at mike at cadaverlab.com or sam at cadaverlab.com. And uh, remember, we got two two contests in the running. First of all, come up with who else said that for Sam. We'll send you a DVD. Also, if you... Um, till now, till the end of the year, send in your 30-second Cadaver Lab promo. We will send you out a an illustrious prize. And I will get on there and do a, a What Is Mike Thinking? For next episode? Yep, that was my bad. Cool. Well, that's okay. We forgive you, man. Thanks, man. It's been, it's been rough. Mm-hmm. Got anything else? Nah, that'll do it for me. All right. So from the Cadaver Lab, we will see you later. Later.